Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Good, bad, good, bad, good, bad, good. Welcome back to Good Cop, Bad Cop, episode 240. Hold your applause, please, until the end, because I have to introduce two co-hosts now. First, the new voice of British wrestling, the magnificent one, Matt Roach. And secondly, the old voice of the Blade Job podcast, the Hall of Famer himself, Nish Stratus. Give you the first opportunity to talk over the top of yourselves. How's it going, guys? After you, Ryan. No, it was funnier if we just both remained silent. <laughs> We could have been the longest period that either had ever stayed silent on a podcast ever, probably. I think it's the longest period I've ever stayed silent in general. Well, this is true. Although, having said that, at least you were actually... You were early, actually. I was. Actually, Graham, Graham had issues... In fairness, we were just updated, to be fair, so we, we let him off this week. Now, I'm not sure, though. And the reason I got in at the end was I suddenly thought, um, oh, did I normally use my Zoom app rather than the Zoom website? And once I went through the Zoom app, it was fine. So um, it's it's been over a month since we recorded. I couldn't even remember how we actually did this. First of all, Matt, I went to the Skype link. That's how bad it was. I was scrolling back through the old one, clicked on that, and I was like, this doesn't look right. For context, we haven't done Skype in over a year. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't remember what we did. We haven't that. used Skype in over a year, so... So that's how well, things have changed. But a lot of things. I asked for a link and you didn't post a link. Because okay. I was hoping you were going to post a link because then I could have just clicked on it and then I could have been straight in. But hey, well, never mind. I did, I, I did post a link. No, yeah, but didn't. he didn't post a link, but I immediately knew what to do with the information that was given to me. And well, I also I tried, did but post I a link log in because I went through the website. But hey, it's, it's all good. It's all good. Things have changed, though, Graham, a little bit. First, but yeah. I guess we should probably say, how has your month been, Graham? <laughs> uh, well, I, the reason that we're off, well, part of the reason we're off for a month is um, I, I was, I've been in England for three and a half weeks and I was finishing up school as well. So I wanted to do that. So um, no, I've been, I'm, I'm going to say I've been in the same country as you, Matt. We've been on the same time zone. And unfortunately, we didn't get to meet. It just didn't, it didn't materialize. We weren't really very close to each other at any point in this time. It wasn't uh, like we didn't try and make it work. It just, it yeah. just, it just. Hold on, for the, 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 the token American guy, um, can you explain to me where you were? I know where Matt was, because I know where Matt lives. Where were you? Well, I was all over the place, but I think probably the closest I was to Matt was about an hour and a half away. Um, but that was like, I wasn't stopped at that place. I was kind of driving through that place. Because uh, Chat Grappling Cheap Pops also said, hey, come, how come you didn't come and, come and see us as well? I was like... I don't think I was within 30 minutes. And I same thing. I was just it, it was I was all over the place. I was doing a tour of the uh, the East Coast. We went into Scotland, came down the West Coast, and then we finished on the South Coast. But no, I was at no point really particularly close to Matt, unfortunately. My and I plan, didn't have a car this time for the last uh, week and a half of the trip either, because it was so goddamn expensive. My plan uh when when inevitably I am in England is to go uh to Matt and, and Chris's place just because I've looked at where they live online and it looks like my mind's picture of what england is you know it looks you know a little more small towny which is what i'm used to well greg's been there so he can actually relate to that yeah, I, I think I'd, the first thing I'd advise then is you need to pack like a handkerchief so you can put that over your head. Um, that would be a good start. Something with a British logo on it. And um, yeah. Is, it, is this like a Bloods and Crip thing? 
no, 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 no. It's a it's a holiday resort. It's um, it's way behind the times. So kind of rewind fifty years, and then that's kind but of see. And that's exactly point, yeah. It's a bit more modern nowadays, Graham. Last five to... years particularly. And you have to understand, you know, as a you know, I've never been to England. I've been to Europe, but I've never been to England. And that is the view that I feel most Americans have, especially because most of the time when we see England, we're seeing like you know throwbacks to like middle ages we're seeing castles and stuff like that and or we're seeing super modern london like those there's no in between but like i like the stuff uh the best movie i could use to describe it would be like hot fuzz you know that like kind of quaint small town kind of shit ironically what i want to see is set in the same town as um sai pal from sjp world media really yeah he actually lives in gloucester the greater good shut it yeah, because that's, that's what I, you know, that and like, that's just how I picture England in my head. Um, and the only opportunity I had, I was in Paris a number of years ago. And I was like, well, how the fuck do I get out of Paris? Because this place sucks. Just full of the smoke. And I was You're like, cool. oh, and I was like, oh, let's go to England. But at the time, um, American dollar to pound, the pound was just doing so well and the American dollar was doing so poorly and just the channel trip was going to be a couple hundred dollars and I was like, I'm good. Like, yeah. I'm good. Um, and then we got the fuck out of Paris and we went to Amsterdam and then it's like scene missing uh, <laughs> and then I came home. Yeah, yeah, that would be right. Absolutely. Um, how has your mom been, um, Ben, Ryan? Mm can't complain i mean i can but i'm not going to um it's been it's been all right uh, unfortunately much like you in the uk we are in the middle of a really shitty heat wave um and it's just uncomfortable <laughs> there's a heat wave in the uk i was there I for know. three and a half weeks and the highest temperature i think was 70 degrees i was wearing oh wow I, I heard it was really day. warm well that is warm my British down I would like to point out that um, at the moment in um, Greece, the Acropolis has had to be closed because it's actually hotter than um, the hot than what's that place? Um, Abu Dhabi right now. Uh, it's oh, 40, yes. 46 degrees centigrade. Yeah, because it's a hundred Fahrenheit for our American. Yeah, it, it, it's been forty four. It's been like 90, 95 Fahrenheit here for the past couple of weeks, and it's mm. just miserable. Um, but granted, it, you know, it has, we have air conditioning. We're actually bit better in England at the moment, but we are expected to have it hotter in August because it was usually is in August. I'm bearing in mind that on in sept- middle of September, I'm going to be in Florida. It's going to be about 35 degrees centigrade for me. It's going to be an absolute fucking nightmare. <laughs> is that the uh, yearly Disney trip? Not me. No, 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 Graham. Normally, it wouldn't be going this year, but it's our honeymoon, which has been paid for partially by our mother-in-law. Oh. So, so technically speaking, Graham, it wouldn't normally be. Mm-hmm. Back to back. How has your month been, Matthew? Um, this actually, Graham, has been quite an quite an important month for me. Actually, um, I've gone back to. Slimming World, um, other brands are available, but um, I went back to them um, to get the weight off. I've I've finally enough is enough sort of thing. Um, and when I weighed in at the start, I'm happy saying this. 
I weighed in at 24 stone, three pounds. Uh, and I did my research to the American listeners. A stone is 14 pounds. Indeed. So Indeed. So, Graham, would you be so kind as to really quickly tell me what 14 times 24 is? 336, I hope. Plus three is probably 339, obviously. Now, I want, obviously, to lose 10 stone. I want to lose 140 pounds. And then I'll be happy. Okay. Now, I've after four weeks, I'm already down one stone nine pounds, which is a great achievement as far as I'm concerned. But I've now got to just keep going and they focus on it. And I'm enjoying it actually. I'm enjoying I'm enjoying cooking more stuff for home and everything like that. It's an incentive to do it. And not only that, but I know an, an added incentive to do it. Because once I've reached my target. I have been invited to the Isle of Wight to train. Oh, oh, OPW? Rudy Root has said that he will happily have a session with me. Um, wow. And for that, I, and if that's not an incentive, I don't know what is. Um, I don't want a career in the ring. I don't want that. I, I don't want that. My place, my place is at, is at the commentary book, for sure. But just to be able to move around a ring a little bit and just like spar with someone who I have a massive amount of respect for, um, I'd be stupid to not want that. I mean, plus then I, you can take a, a commentator bump. Someone comes over, starts shit with oh, the commentator. Yeah. You know, like who doesn't want to see Byron Saxton? I'm sorry. Let, let's go with modern. Who doesn't want to see Kevin Patrick get choke slammed all the way through the arena? I Kevin Patrick it away makes me right. feel better. Uh, oh, s- save it for bad cop because don't worry. I, I've seen your Twitter feed. It's fine. <laughs> Matt, I have one question to ask. And I'm being a bit of a dick right now, but I haven't liked a single post of yours where you've talked about your weight loss so far. And the only reason is you went up from your original time when you first did this. So the last time that you did this about two years ago, what was your weight at that point? Can you remember? Because yeah. it was not over 300. I don't think it was over 300 pounds. It was. It was? What was it? It was. I weighed, I weighed the same as Batista, 320. When you first did this? Was it really as much as that? Yeah, well, nine years oh, ago, man. Graham, before we met, Graham, I actually only weighed 18 stone. Uh-huh. I got down to four. It was anywhere near as much as that. Because I was like, well, once I, he gets down to what it was originally, I got down to 15. Start, not that I'm not supporting your journey. I absolutely am. Yeah. But if you I know people do put on weight, and then I was like, hey, I'm not congratulating on one stuff you already put on because of yourself. I was like, once you get back to that original. All right, so going forwards then, see that was being a dick, apparently. I, I yeah, will come to you. I will know, like you didn't going know, so I'm I not gonna ask you the question, but I was waiting until we we're on air to do it. Because I knew you would, if you weren't going to bring it up, I was going to bring it up. No, absolutely fine. Um, I say I got down about fifteen stone back in tw- back in 2014, and then for one reason or another, um, depression in places, you know, everyone passing away and um, lockdown and all that stuff. Um, where I lived in town, uh, literally, I lived literally with a, with a with a takeaway either side of my front door. Literally, that sounds like heaven. <laughs> well, it was. It was. It was delicious. That's the problem, though, you see. Um, and also, um, ever since lockdown, of course, everyone, and you can now order to your door via an app. 
You haven't got to go out and get it. It's so much easier now. It literally, it literally easier to sit at home and eat shit. The one thing that surprised me, and well, this one part won't surprise you. I ate very well when I was in England. Yeah. Because it was um, <laughs> eat all you can breakfast at the hotel. Uh, there was plenty of foods I haven't had in a long time that I wanted to eat again. I'm going to roll my eyes. Uh, there was lots of places at the fi- uh, fish and chip shop that I wanted to have. Like I needed my steak and kidney pie. I needed my fish and chip. I need- there was a few different things like that. A um, couple of trips to Greg's. I'm not a big person for Greg's, but a couple of pastries that we just don't get over here that I really wanted to do. I actually only put on about two and a half pounds, but that's because I was averaging about 12, 13,000 steps a day. So it, it, it does depend Graham. on that lifestyle as well. But if you're, if you're walking no, no, no. To I've got food, to stop you right there. I've got to stop you right there. Go ahead. Because Let's the steps, the steps will do fuck all to do that. Oh, well, of course Graham. it is. You put in calories. Yeah, yeah, it, you, yeah need to, the, you need to whatever program you promote, then you need to scrap them straight away. If they didn't talk to you about the no, fact that no, control Graham. is one side, but exercise is the other side, hey, the Graham. input output thing that makes a difference. Right, Graham, I need to actually say this here, okay? And they tell you this in the meeting, okay? To tell you in, in the image therapy sessions they, they sit you they, you sit through, but the important thing is what you put into your system because. The amount of exercise you need to do to burn off certain stuff, Graham. Walking will not do enough, Graham. Walking will not do enough. Clearly, you have a good metabolism, is what I'm saying, sir. I wish I had your metabolism. I'm going to agree with Matt on this one, because there's a certain threshold you need your heart rate to be at to really start burning calories, and walking's not going to bring you to that threshold. I learned that from uh, Mr. Diamond Dallas Page. All right, you didn't listen to me. I ate tons of shit that I wouldn't normally eat. And if you think that my metabolism suddenly kicked in at age 48, coincidentally at the exact time I arrived in England, then you're a fucking idiot. Now so we know how old he is. Hold on, hold on. Let's... My number of steps I did massively increase. While I was children, doing, children, I was children. Walking Let's go back to happiness. So we used to enforce Oh, what a shame. He's crackled out. We lost my... <laughs> that was neither of us either. Son oh, of a bitch. Oh, he's back. Oh. Anyways, in Worcester, not Massachusetts, not not England, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. we used to have a restaurant. Your microphone is, is more temperamental than well, Graham with me. Sometimes. We're gonna fix it in a second, but I'm not that. Is he deep throat in his microphone again? Is that the problem? Hold oh, on. I'm gonna leave it to the arena. Fantastic as well. <laughs> I don't even know here. Has anyone edited? I don't think anyone's edited. We're not doing. Is anyone? straight out. You're in. You're in. Yeah, all right. So, anyways, we had a restaurant called the British Beer Company, which, of course, was not a British company. It was an American company, but it was an actual restaurant that served, you know, British style cuisine. Okay. And I was a big fan of it. And they closed down. And now I'm going to have to go to England to eat that. Well, what did they have? Some the menu? I mean, yeah. a, a lot of it was, you know, pretty much what you would consider, quote unquote, traditional English fare. So um, fish and chips, Popeyes, fish and chips, bangers and mash, stuff like that. Popeyes um, is not British. N- not not Popeyes. Um, meat pies. Sorry. Mm. Okay, pot pie, pot pie is very much a southern. Yeah. 
Yeah, they had, they had a really fantastic mincemeat pie. I loved it. My grandmother used to make mincemeat pie. She was not English, but her mincemeat pie was delicious. A mince beef onion pie is absolutely phenomenal. And oh, it's one of so the, good. One of the staples of British cuisine, for sure. In fact, they've got it tomorrow night for the patients at work. <laughs> I, didn't think... I don't think I posted it on Twitter. I think I just posted it on my uh, Facebook account. But somebody was posting, I'm having a traditional uh, fish, English fish and chips. And it was a can- it was a, a drink of Lipton sweet tea. Yep. It was a tuna. tuna and some Pringles. <laughs> I saw that as well. Sounds about like, right. I was like, are <laughs> you fucking it? kidding me? I'm not a big I'm sure fish fan. I, I'm just, I don't eat fish very often. Um, the only fish I can really enjoy is like a a nice battered, like beer battered fish and chips kind of thing. Mm, yeah, yeah, had pollock. Maybe I don't know. I I'm not a fan of most fish. Pollock is in the same family as the codfish. Um, it's just much more plentiful, so they tend to use that more now in chip shops over here in the UK, because mainly because it, it's just so much more plentiful and it saves on the cod reserves. There you go. It's a very good fish. Very sustainable, actually. Yeah, I'm just, I, I like seafood. I just don't like fish. Like, I like shrimp. I like crab. You know, uh, <laughs> what? What now? I can't talk about taxes, but you can talk about fish sustainability in the oceans. Oh, dear. <laughs> but first of all, that was all fair, technically. And also, I just thought I can't believe it. I I, I like I like stuff that's in the sea, but not fish, which is the main thing. It's in the fucking sea. Now there's plenty of crustaceans. <laughs> I like crustaceans. Crustaceans aren't fish. That's why I said seafood. Mm-hmm. I like seafood. Seafood encapsulates everything, and I'm saying specifically out of seafood, I don't like is fish. Okay. So you like a shell on your food from the water? I also like squid. Squid is delicious. Mm-hmm. Like bollocks. We have bollocks here in America. I said mollusks. Rocky Mountain oysters. <laughs> it's bull testicles for anyone wondering. They're delicious. I saw a picture on Facebook today that you can actually buy turkey testicles somewhere. I'm like, I'm good. You can buy a lot of weird shit. That is a heavy, heavy advert for vegetarianism, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, so anyways, talk, before we talk about some wrestling, I, I saw I was I had a joke that I, I we haven't done get the giggle in such a long time. Like I used to actively try and make you laugh, and I don't really do that anymore. Um, and I saw a joke, and I was like, "This is perfect." But I actually saw that you'd liked the post already on Facebook. So I don't know though, because it was about a month old. So you might have liked it literally a couple of hours ago, or it might have been a month ago. So I don't know if it's going to get the reaction. But how does the rock pee? Was the question. So we'll, we'll we'll transform a little bit into wrestling here. Okay, I'll bite. He Dwayne's his Johnson. <laughs> I think uh, I, I think I need to seek one. alternate employment. It was a top ten dad jokes, but I, I, when I looked, I was like, "These that my brother." Sense. And they were actually pretty good. I saw that one. I was like, oh, I can use that for the podcast. And then I saw that you'd already liked it. Um, the other one was, uh, the only other one I can remember from the 10 is, um, what does a robot do after sex? I think that's what it was. Nuts and bolts. Yeah. 
That's all you're getting from it's me. Shame this is an audio podcast because Matt's stifling laughter at it. He's got his arm over his mouth to stop him. Just let it go. Come on, let's get that giggle. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. That I was good. My brother is the worst for dad joke, which is probably where it came where the liking it came from. And I'd also mm-hmm. like to probably say that those posts probably are from a, a long time ago, to be fair. But that's uh, still funny. Either way, <sighs> that was good. We it's... almost got to the point of something that I posted this week earlier, where somebody was like, it's 40 minutes, why don't we delve into the podcast? Uh, we're almost there. We talked for 10 minutes off air before we even started, but hey, should we cut to some wrestling talk? Let's do it. Good cup time. Well, I can't use my normal line, and we didn't really talk about order or anything, but um, I'm, I'm assuming Ryan's got to go first. New and then we can figure out how long's left in the day, and we can uh, gauge our talking levels appropriately. Ryan, what's your main good cop moment of the week, month, year, whatever? Yeah, doing? so I, I've been keeping track since over a month ago. Um, I started keeping track the day that Matt was like, hey, you want to join us? And I went, yes. <laughs> and then I cried. And then we're here. Um, I am. I think I'm going to kind of uh, combine two because they kind of are the same thing. But I'm going to say it was money in the bank overall. But the biggest part of that was. I, I I was watching with a group of people and I turned, uh, I was having a conversation with my buddy's wife and we were kind of talking about the match and I, I looked her dead in the eyes and I said, you know what? I think Jay and Jimmy are going to win, but there's no way they pin Roman. 10 seconds later, Jay pins Roman. And I, I popped. I was so happy. I thought that was the moment of the night. I mean, you you, you never saw that coming. It was like, oh, yeah, they might win, but they're going to solo's going to take the loss. I was really excited. I thought that was a great swerve by WWE. I really? I thought, I thought that was the most obvious ending that they could have come up with. I, I, I totally I, disagree. The whole I thought it was obvious Roman was getting pinned. He didn't, didn't lose anything from it. A lot of the internet was convinced that Solo was taking that loss. That's why he was in the match. Solo did a lot of heavy lifting at times. Oh, he really that did. Crowd. That crowd was an absolute. Oh, mucho bueno. Yeah, and, and it's it's crazy that we came out of um, we came out of Money in the Bank, hot crowd. Couple, you know, over the last couple of months, we've had. Puerto Rico, hot crowd. Yep. Raw and SmackDown, SmackDown at MSG, hot crowd. And then I, it, it actually really stuck out to me this past Wednesday on Dynamite because the crowd was dead, dead. And, you know, it's not AEW's fault. I thought it was a really good Dynamite, but that crowd just didn't show up. And I, I realized that we've had so many good crowds on both sides. Yeah lately that when there's a bad crowd it really stands out mm, i mean i've seen it was the crowd from dynamite just out of interest where were they yeah was uh, they, they were they were at tim hortons because they were in saskatoon that's a coffee place yeah yeah the crowd left the wrestling show to go to tim hortons instead of cheering oh i mean i've never i don't remember being at a bad indie show in terms of in terms of a crowd but I do know that the last couple of six Ws have been 
really hot crowds, really hot crowds. And you do notice a hot crowd from a lukewarm one, for sure. Um, Raw and SmackDown at times, I'm going to say it, the US um, are, um, I don't know what it is. It's, it's almost like. It depends on your market. We, it really we does. It all, we get it all the time sort of thing. They come into Smack, but when SmackDown was at the O2 as well, just before Money in the Bank, the crowd for SmackDown was unbelievable. SmackDown in Puerto Rico, off the chain. Yeah, because they were special, because they were there for making special appearances there. But America get them 95% of the time. And, and, and that, that that's right. Like I was saying, it depends on the market. Certain markets in the U.S. have really hot crowds no matter what. Like, you know, it's a little overdone, especially lately. But Chicago is a hot crowd. They're usually there. I'm actually really happy that AEW is running Boston for blood and guts because I know Boston crowds are usually hot. I've been part of those crowds many, many times. And Boston's a good wrestling, you know, the Northeast is a good wrestling territory. Wherever they yeah. go in the Northeast, they usually have a great crowd. You um, won more of a big four, don't you, for to complete the set, don't you? I uh, For me, yes. I own, No, I need two. I need Rumble and I need uh, SummerSlam. Um, I've been to Survivor Series and I've been to Mania. Um, Rumble was actually in Worcester, the town I grew up in, years ago but it was during my hiatus like my post high school hiatus um it was like early to mid it was mid 2000s um i think it was the year del rio won so it was like 2006 2007 del rio won 2011 was it really 2011 maybe i'm thinking of something completely different my buddy went rumble because he eliminated santibre last the closest we've ever been to having a shock win of a rumble which one was it? I know that was in Boston. Maybe I'm not thinking. Anyways, but yeah, no, I've I've never been to a Rumble, and I have never been to SummerSlam. I'd love to do a Rumble. I'd love to do a Rumble. My buddy did go, and he said it was amazing. I actually think there's more chance of a Rumble than a WrestleMania happening in England anytime. I, I I wouldn't doubt it. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> it's just, you know with the Rumble, especially with um with Wembley being there it'd be hot hot for sure um actually it'd probably be quite cold because it's in january it, it it may be cold but it will be hot it'll be a hot event it'll be a hot event for sure okay can we i just want to say that i don't think this is it's not just the cities where the shows are it's more a fact that the shows are much better right now and it seems like particularly for oh, yeah. WWE, like we've we've been doing this for must be coming up on our fifth anniversary soon, Matt. Fifth anniversary next month, Graham. We've had we've had a big focus on bad cop moments rather than good cop moments. But I think certainly within the last year, it's definitely flipped over, and it there's more good. things that we've been talking positively about. And when you're putting out a better product, that's obviously going to get a reaction from the crowd. If you want a reaction from the crowd, give them something to get a reaction from. So there's definitely kudos to wwe for putting on things that are getting people's interest mm. sure being in a special area definitely makes a difference but if the product is crap then i don't think you're getting that same side of reaction no. the diehards would go but that would be it so well, no think, think about it the product as you well. know graham think of you know i know you watched plenty of them think of back when um when beyond was running out of uh, electric haze which was a bar there were 
probably a hundred people tops, but it sounded like, you know, WrestleMania in there. It was so loud because it, you know, you, you remember that era of beyond wrestling. You, you saw some of that. It, it was good. You know, everyone who was in that era of beyond wrestling is in either WWE or AEW at this point, because they just had a stacked yeah. roster. Oh yeah. Yeah. And most of them are champions or former champions in the brands like the promotions in the u.s that's crazy to me you know like i was going to a bar downtown worcester and shaking christopher daniel's hand like that's insane you know i i've had conversations with the longest reigning modern intercontinental champion in just casual hey man how you doing good how are you you know that that's insane that's the kind of roster that was happening in worcester on a monthly basis mm. that's insane to to literally a hundred people just the creme de la creme of indie wrestling it, it's amazing how some people that you can meet at indie shows are now flying in the big in, on the big shows oh yeah um i mean like Graham has mentioned many times about Mia Yim, and she mm-hmm. she's well, she's lighting up on SmackDown right now. Of course, um, it must make Graham very happy that he got to meet Mia Yim briefly, as it was um, before she became the, the superstar we knew she'd be. Yeah, we were I, very I... fortunate. The indie organization that we picked happened to have a lot of future stars on it. Um, and we we just didn't know. It just happened to be close. I it caught our eye, and yeah, there's a lot of people from there who've moved forwards. I I and, was lucky uh, enough. Yeah, no, to... it is every time. Yeah, every name that comes up, it's it makes you happy because yeah, you I was I was lucky enough there. to have a, a a really long conversation with Tommaso Ciampa, literally at his last indie date. He had already done the Cruiserweight Classic. He was already on NXT television, and you know DIY was doing their thing and. This was just his last date that he had because, you know, WWE, we always like to say W Evil Corporation, they do let them finish their indie dates. They do give them the leeway to finish up their what they had. And I had a long conversation with him and he jobbed out to Cody Rhodes in the main event because it was right when Cody went back to the indies. And I was super shocked at that. I was like, Champa's beating him. No problem. And when Cody got the pin, I was like, you bastards. But it was great. They gave him mic time. Every wrestler came out. He shook He shook every single hand in that crowd. He went out and he thanked every person individually for being there. It was, ama- it was an amazing moment. It was a moment in professional wrestling that I will cherish for the rest of my life. For sure. Graham, why don't you go next? Oh, great. I don't even have my notes on. Uh, well, well, I, mean, oh, I will. I will. I will. Um, I will preface. Jeez, I can't even think what the word preface. There we go. I'm going to preface this with telling. I'm not sure if I mentioned it on air. I think I did. Actually, I think I put it in the tweet. Um, I haven't watched any wrestling in over a month um, just because I haven't physically been able to. To be honest, uh, with traveling around, um, it's just not been something that's doable at all. So everything that I've seen has just been from what I've seen on Twitter, what I've heard you guys talking about, uh, what kind of pops up just to through my through the algorithms um, because of other things that I like. So um, yeah, it's not going to be very specifically wrestling related this uh, month. Um, now I am curious though, Matt, if I was to want to have watched Raw and SmackDown while I was in England in my hotel room, um, I don't even know what channels they're on. Um, I'm assuming it's like Sky or something, right? 
or BT, BT Sport. Well, well, it is BT Sport for another for oh until Monday, Graham. When Monday it becomes TNT. Oh, okay, so I wouldn't have been able to ironically because they're not on they're not on obviously most hotels channels. You get BBC, ITV. I did see some. Oh, I, I lie actually. I did see some AEW one time, uh, but I realised it was from a week before because I actually asked somebody. I was like, "What the heck's happening here? I already that, knew this story." I do need to make that make this point actually, which Graham is just bringing up here. Uh, ITV, which had the rights to it in the UK, it actually airs on the Tuesday the week after. That, that that must have been the deal. At, so at eleven p.m. and for context, minder repeats get more viewers. <laughs> so anyway, I did see some, but my main good comment I want to talk about is yeah, I'm kind of accidentally finding things wrestling related. Like sometimes you don't you're not looking for stuff, and suddenly things pop up, and you're like, oh my god, can I just avoid wrestling just for a few weeks while I'm in England? And and you can't. And one of the first ones was um, while I was walking around Morecambe, which is a town on the northwest of England, they had a huge mural on the side of a wall. We're walking to breakfast, we're walking to Weatherspoons, and um, it's like a three story building on the bottom on the bottom floor. It was uh, some some reference to motorcycle wrestling, uh, motorcycle racing. Sorry, and then on the next floor up, there was some wrestlings to references to wrestling. They had a mural that featured Big Daddy and Giant Haystacks, and then a history of them kind of why they met together. And then on the top floor, there was another one that talked about wrestling in Morecambe. For me, I found it absolutely fascinating. Um, everyone else had to wait <laughs> instead of going for breakfast while I'm reading everything that's on this wall. Uh, but that was kind of cool to see. And I think there was one more thing that I saw. Oh, I wrote down four words to remind myself about this. Um, I was reading Freddie Flintoff's autobiography. Um, I've been big into cricket while I've been in England. The Ashes are currently on right now. I haven't followed cricket closely in way too long. Now, Matt, I'm going to give you the chance to jump in because I know you normally like to uh, do that anyway um, and let you steal my thunder. So any ideas why I'd be wanting to talk about Freddie Flintoff um, in a wrestling podcast? What specifically well, think caught my attention? I do know that Freddie Flintoff did boxing, so it wouldn't surprise uh-huh. me at all if at some point for a league of our own on on Sky, he actually did some wrestling. Okay. Now, I thought I'd heard something about this, and I sort of remembered, I was trying, you have a much better memory for things like this. I thought we talked about something like he wrestled in Norwich like a few years ago. Perhaps that was a different person. Perhaps that wasn't Freddie Flintoff. Perhaps that was another, that might have even been a footballer who decided Grant to Holt. Oh, Grand Holt, there we go. Grand Holt's in that, kind of makes the nose up. Now, anyway, and I hadn't heard, I genuinely hadn't heard this story, and it sounds like that you might not either. So for that reason, I was like, well, I don't have anything, so I'll share this with you. <laughs> he talked about the time where he was actually interested in getting into wrestling. And he's like, well, if I'm going to do it, I've got to do something big. I've got to get people's attention. And anyway, he managed to talk to Vince, and he actually sounds like managed to get to the, I'm not sure if it was the performance center, but he was definitely in America. He was definitely training. And the the pitch was he was trying to have a match against the undertaker and vince apparently was all over this but he's like you got to do the training blah 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 blah. anyway long story short he basically i can't remember he injured himself within the first uh, day and a half couldn't do anything more and then he decided vince wants him to move to tampa that didn't happen but my 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 thought for this one is first of all good on freddie for wanting to do something totally crazy and managing to get vince to, everything has to come from vince at this point in time nobody is allowed to pitch anything to vince it's got to be his idea 
what interest level would that be from an American point of view? And this is where I can introduce Ryan. So, Ryan, what can you tell us about Andrew Flintoff? And well, how so interested would you be in seeing a wrestling match with him? First and foremost, I am going to apologize to all of our American fans, because much like you, I have no idea what they're talking about right now. <laughs> At all. If I'm I do not know who any of these people are. Matt, a moment, please. A moment. A moment. This is dumb. Go ahead. <laughs> Andrew Flintoff is widely known as being a world-class cricketer whose claim whose biggest claim to fame is getting so drunk that he was seen on the balcony of, of Buckingham Palace. Um, absolute shit face, have you met the Queen? Oh, that was not the story that I thought he was most famous for. I thought he was famous for another drunken incident where he tried to take a pedalo out into the ocean. But... Uh, he did, he did, he did, and he got halfway to Barbados, allegedly. Allegedly. Um, from Miami. Alleged, alleged, never happened or not. Um, but basically he got injured all the feckin' time. Um, so the fact that he got injured on the, the, like, the second day is about par for the court of Andrew Flintoff. Uh, in terms of who he is, he's a fantastic human being. Does a lot of work for charity and homeless kids, and um, getting on programs and getting on the right side of sort of things. He's an amazing human being, and he needs protecting at all costs. All right, let's let's rewind. Gone. Rewind for a second. Um, what is cricket? <laughs> cricket is baseball for posh people. It's, okay. Uh, what, what is baseball? baseball? B- baseball, baseball is allegedly the um, the national pastime in America. No, our our national pastime is gun violence. Thank you very much. Mm. Let's, let's move on from that, shall we? Before we get, I just want to wrap up though. But the fact that I ch- I've I've been reading quite a lot actually, with not being watching as much television, and I did want to catch up on some sports autobiographies that I can't get in the US, and I just happened to randomly find that one in Oxfam. But the fact that the very First chapter talked about WWE and not cricket as I expected. I thought it was just wonderful. And that's the real reason that it's my kind of good cop moment of the week. Paul Beans, Graham. And to be fair, it's always nice to hear those little weird stories that you think, well, that's kind of fun. I like hearing them. They're great. It's a great, it's a great uh, distractor from the weird stories you hear on shows like Dark Side of the Ring, where it's like, oh, this one time I ripped someone's eyeball out. Oh. I just I didn't realize this at the time. I only just realized it now with you going back to what you're talking about before. If that match had happened, there's no way that match is happening in the US. You'd have had a pay-per-view in England even earlier, right? If you're bringing in Andrew Flintoff, you're not having that match in the US because there's not as much interest. You're having that in England, right? Yeah, it wouldn't happen. Graham? It it, it depends on when it happened, because there have been so few pay-per-views in the UK. Let's not forget, Graham, but Wade Barrett had a um had a bit of a bit of an argument with Wayne Rooney and it happened on SmackDown. Okay. It didn't happen on uh it didn't happen on a pay-per-view or nothing like that. That's what they do. They do it on Raw or something like that over here when they're doing the tour. They wouldn't they, they wouldn't they Vince at that point had no interest in doing pay-per-view in the UK. And Freddie Flintoff, as good a guy as he is, is not a big enough draw for to out to no to to sell. Around 2008, he probably would have been. I was going to explain to Ryan that Wayne Rooney is the player manager of DC United, but then I realized that's also pointless because that's soccer to him, which is also irrelevant. 
Is he actually still playing? If we're just managing, yeah, he was, but he, he's not anymore. He was. Uh, quick, quick question: Before Clash at the Castle, yeah, when was the last pay per view in the UK? Two thousand and three, Insurrection. It was in Newcastle. Was it Insurrection? Was that the last one? It was in Newcastle. Yeah, two thousand and three. Yes, that was when Chris Jericho and Eric Bischoff decided to insult Bobby Robson in Newcastle. And, uh, that and was before great. that, and before that, it was. The... 2002 interaction. Okay. It was a yearly thing from 1999 onwards. Okay. And that was probably because they got good ticket sales on that weird No Way Out UK. Um, Pretty much. Which was yeah. in 98, I believe. I think uh, that was 98. No, no Mercy, 99. No Mercy. I'm sorry. Yes, you're right. Yep. Because it's weird when you look at No Mercy, there's two No Mercies. Yeah, the weird thing is, is that Interaction 2001 is a brilliant card. I actually encourage you to go watch if you if you get a chance to. Uh, I'm something at work. Something at work. So I'd encourage you if you get a chance to watch it. And, and I definitely will because my my current uh, my current plan. What I've been doing. I think I've told you you both before. I started the night after WrestleMania 12, which is yeah. McFoley's debut, and I'm just watching. I'm watching oh, until now. Uh, actually, the next show I have to finish Raw. And the next show, and you'll know exactly which one it is, it is the pay-per-view where Mrs. Foley's baby boy has a really rough night. Never. Oh, oh, Royal Rumble 99. Nope, nope. King of the Ring 98. <laughs> oh! Really rough night. Yeah, that was a bad. It's funny that. because, you know, I've obviously I've seen that match a hundred times, if not more, but I don't remember the build-up to it. And now getting to watch that build up again and realize how cobbled together that Hell in a Cell match was. Literally two weeks before that, it was like nothing. And then it was, oh yeah, Undertaker and Mankind are going to be in a Hell in a Cell match. Do you know how long that match actually is, Graham, out of curiosity? I have no idea. You have seen bits of the match, obviously. You've seen him. I'm not even sure I have. You've You've never seen Hell in a Cell. You've never seen Mankind. It's definitely a bad time for me. But if I may, Ryan. Graham, you've never seen Mick Foley fall off the Hell in a Cell. Oh, I didn't think that's what we were talking about. Yeah. Oh, that, I've that seen that. Night. Hold on, what's that got to do with his son? Mrs. Foley's baby Mrs. boy Foley's is him. Baby boy. Oh, I thought you were talking about his wife. Okay. <laughs> right. Jesus Christ. Anyways, <laughs> hey, Matt, what's your good cop moment? I will get to it in a moment. I'm just saying, the match, Graham, for context, that match is 12 minutes long. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, bell I, rang. I attended his 25th anniversary tour, I think it was, when he was talking about it. It's so funny it for such a short match and being literally one of the most brutal things that's ever been broadcasted on television. Yeah, it, because it, it, it will happen before the bell fucking rings. It, it, it's, 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 and it's, it's, I love that match just because of what it I love that match because of what it did for his career that was the moment that made him a legend why he's on my Mount Rushmore yeah I mean and it's funny because I remember Mankind debuting in the WWF and being very confused because I didn't really I couldn't figure out who he was because I was younger you know this is the mid 90s like I don't really get and and then that night he came out as Cactus Jack. I went, wait a second, because I'd seen Cactus Jack in ECW. Bye I'd bye. seen Cactus Jack in WCW. And I was like, 
it, my my young brain did not the mask the the leather straps completely mm-hmm. blocked who he was to me and for some reason i j- it just never clicked until he came out as cactus jack and i went oh oh yeah the match he had in 1990 the match he had in 97 with tri- triple h that was that was brutal it was actually voted in the top five all time on raw matches that was anyway um i better move on to my good cop <laughs> really um Grand, do I have a guess where I'm going with mine? Or um, something to do with uh, I don't know, CXW, possibly the new venue or something. I'll like. mention that in the feed check, Graham. Um, yeah. I want I want to talk a little bit about Money in the Bank and expanding a little bit on it. Partly because Matt was right that LA Knight was no longer the winner of it, unfortunately, and I'll plead that I got that right. But I'm also but. I'm also going to do a little bit of forward booking, as it were. I want your opinion on this, okay? No, no, I know that I'm used, I'm about one for 12 on this, Graham, but I do want both your opinion on this and a booking idea, if you could be on board with this or not. Everyone's saying that it's going to be Finn versus Seth at some of them one more time. I mean, like, we don't need to see it one more fucking time at this point, okay? I want to see... Finn versus Priest at SummerSlam. And if Finn wins, well, actually, the loser gets kicked out of a judgment day. Finn wins. Priest is kicked out of a judgment day. Okay, that happens earlier in the night at SummerSlam. Main event, Jey Uso versus Roman. Solo turns on Roman. Jey wins the championship. Priest catches in straight away on, on Uso. I thought we already decided Roman was at least going to hold this title until the next WrestleMania, at least. Uh, no, nah, he think he's going away for like three months after SummerSlam, Graham. Yeah. I, I, oh, he I, is? I, I agree with Graham. Now, so. I agree with Graham because that's what's logical. But I think if anything Triple H has proven to us is that he can book outside the box a little yeah. bit. And some of them, the big enough show for it to be, for, to change things up. Ford Field... Big venue, big crowd. Um, you yeah, and it. I think they sold out, I think. I or they're coming close to it. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I saw something, but I don't, know, I don't pay attention. Yeah, and that's going to that's gonna be the biggest SummerSlam in North America. Yeah, ever. Uh, which is great. Obviously, it's a huge crowd. Um, and let's face it, it I, I mean, I don't think the whole Priest thing will go down with regards to the battle, but every night the Priest did cash in. On Rome, on Uso, because I mean, everything. Oh, it's all about Cody finishing the story. I'm like, fuck Cody. Uso winning would be a bigger story. A man who's only ever doesn't to be a tag team wrestler, he needs to finish the story of the bloodline. It's true, and 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 from from that perspective, I've been thinking about that a lot lately. Cody is a made man, one way or the other. He doesn't yeah. need a belt. No. And you know what? Put some put some lineage on the World Heavyweight Championship yeah. and have him win that in two years or something if you want, you know. For like sure. it's I, I feel like and, and this this is all from an aesthetics perspective. Mm. I feel like when I, you know, finishing the story, you picture Dusty and you picture a classic championship. And the World Heavyweight Championship looks more like a classic championship than the Universal title does. Absolutely. So put some lineage on that belt. 
give it to Cody in a year or two. That's that's your story. For sure. Jay beating his evil cousin for the universal title Mm -hmm. is a bigger story right now. And it puts the nail in the coffin of the bloodline storyline in a satisfying way. That's your Avengers endgame. Yeah. You know, that's your boom. Let's face it. Let's say Roman. Okay, I'm going to say. Roman beats Jay Graham, as you said. You've asked what you said the logical thing for him to do, take it to WrestleMania, whatever. Yeah. So he does that then. What's the whole point of doing this thing with the Usos? Roman wins again. What's the point of that then? There's no point to it. Well, what's the point in the Sammy storyline then? Well, so we, we could get back with Kevin Owens. Well, to be fair, they did start with the of the Bloodline, to be fair. So technically, they did win. The, the, the bloodline's gone now, technically. Effectively, it's imploded. Okay. All right. Effectively. But also, this also gives Roman a chance to go away and then come back with Bloodline 2.0, technically. He could come back with the other members of the family, that, like Jacob Fatu, for example, and people like that who are still coming up and not in the company currently. Who knows what Triple H has got planned for, it, for all of this. Roman versus Rock, we've mentioned before, if it happens at WrestleMania, it doesn't need a time to be involved, doesn't need that. There's, there's, there's I think I've said before, that. anyone but Roman at this point, I, I'm done. I'm done with him holding the title. And also, I'd be interested to see what happened with Jay and Jimmy at that point. Mm-hmm. Because I was worried about the New Day would have issues when Kofi won the championship. Nothing really happened there, that side of things, and that was fine. But Jay and Jimmy... I could, I, I, a bit of friction there as well would be kind of fun. But yeah, Roman doesn't need to keep that change of past SummerSlam. He's already got the record, as far as I'm concerned. He's never going to pass San Martino's 10 year record. Um, tickets are available on the secondary market for under $100. And annoyingly, we'll be traveling up to Ohio about a week earlier than what we normally do. So I'm going to miss that event by about a week. Detroit's only two and a half hours away from where I'm going to be pre- the week previous to that. So unfortunately, I'll be about nine hours away the time. So could have gone to another SummerSlam. Oh, well, that's my wife's booking. Bad, bad wife. Bad wife. Yeah, I'm you should, you should get a new I'm clipping that for Christmas cracker gram. Bad wife. Bad wife. <laughs> <laughs> That's all good. Jim, you know I thought I can't even get a fucking menu again. My fault. My fault. Okay, so reduce the B check then, Ryan. You got ninety seconds if you choose to use it. This is the good cop one, right? Yes, sir. I'm not paying attention. Uh, boom. What do we got? Um. Uh, yeah, I'm going to uh, agree with Matt. I think that Priest winning, that was the right move. That was absolutely the right move. Um, uh, Osprey and Omega at Forbidden Door uh, should have been the main event of that show. <laughs> um, that was just better. Um, WWE making it clear that money in the bank can be cashed in on any champion uh, after making a big hoopla about the brand split and then never, ever caring about the brand split. I thought that was smart. They, they needed to do it. Um, and that's, that's what I got. The majority of my notes are bad. <laughs> Fair enough. That's the way it goes. Sometimes I'm you would have thought gonna... within a month, you might've found a minute's worth. 
with the material that was good, but oh well. Oh, there there definitely is, but um unfortunately uh I've I I don't know. I've I there's there's been so much good that I don't think it's necessarily standing out. I feel like the bad, since there's less of it, is standing out more, if that makes sense. Okay. So right. I'm remembering bad stuff more than good stuff because for the most part, I'll watch three, five, seven, nine hours of wrestling a week uh, on a good week when I actually get to watch everything. And I'm like, mm, it's all pretty good. Okay, fair enough. Um, I don't really need the timer because I only got one thing. Um, this went back while I was on Facebook. I was clicking like, oh, I better save something because I'm going to need something to talk about in a few weeks' time when I get back. Um, I saw this on July 2nd. This was from Dirt Sheet Radio. Uh, quote, if you would have told me years ago I'd have a full arena chanting he's gay at me in the most positive ways, I would say you were crazy. It's cool to see how far we've come, but there's still work to do. Happy Pride. Um, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing it right. Anthony Bowens? I think that's... Uh, I recognize the face, but I don't necessarily know how you pronounce the name. Anyway, um, I did see one person who responded to this. Um, there was quite a few comments, which were all positive. It was good to see as well. Um, somebody said, yes, that was a great moment. Loved how Max just jumped up and down when Bo said he was gay out loud, and the area just erupted. I think there was a typo in there. Uh, Bowens. Growing up, um, watching pro wrestling, I would never have thought that would be something I'd see. Glad I lived long enough to see it. It's the little things, man. That's it. Um, I want to tack on to that quite a little for May, Graham. Sure. Um, July 1st, um, just gone, uh, we had win when Clacton Pride is um, for, and that's the second one ever held. Um, when I think about it, 20 years ago when I came out, I came out 20 years ago on the 21st of June. Um, I still remember where and when it was. And I said, before I told my mum, it was amazing. But 20 years ago, there's no way we could have held a pride in our town. It was so bigoted, so close-minded. I was scared to tell people I was gay. I was scared that people would try and kill me because I didn't have the same interests as other people. 20 years I'm so glad I lived to see my town change for the better. And I'm very pleased that he felt safe enough to do that at a wrestling event. I'm not sure where it was, Graham. Not sure. Not sure. But wherever it was, <sighs> that gives me a lot of hope for the future. So thank you to that crowd for being amazingly supportive. Mm -hmm. it's it's actually funny um that you bring that up graham because i was actually just talking about that yesterday the day before um as previously discussed wwf 98 almost this this is the height of austin mcmahon this is when all of that started that's when all of that's going on and you would be remiss if there wasn't an episode of monday night raw where vince doesn't come out to have the crowd chanting vince is gay and it's definitely not a positive enforcement kind of thing. Yes, uh, I have noticed in recent times some of the crowd signs from back in the Andrew Day actually have been blurred out. Yeah, um, no, uh, Vince is a hard F was a big one. Um, yeah, uh, uh, there was the there there. It's actually 
uh, it, it's slightly amusing just because of the people who were involved in the situation um, with Jerry Lawler being a heel and Dustin Reynolds, obviously, you know, at times trying to show body positivity and show, you know, gender, gender androgyny in a time when that wasn't really something that anyone really talked about. Um, and there's a whole promo where <coughs> Jerry Lawler is trying to skirt around the issue. And he's like, you're, you know, you're, well, you know, you're, yeah. And, and, um, Goldust keeps going, I'm what? I'm what? And he just goes, you know, queer. And Dustin just goes, nope, and punches him in the face. <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's so different now because if we're doing a storyline mm -hmm. revolving around someone's sexuality, it's usually done with a lot more care and a lot more understanding. Absolutely. And it's really, it's fantastic to see. It's absolutely fantastic, especially from a, a group of fans historically that has been very close-minded. Yeah. It's... Unfortunately. Um, you yeah. know, it, but pro wrestling in general, you know, that has a lot of southern roots and unfortunately there's a lot of bigotry uh coming out of the set especially you know going back to the you know there's a reason pat patterson didn't publicly come out until the early 2000s yeah exactly um i'm thinking back to when they did the billion chuck angle back in 2002 um it you know the whole you look so good to me music and everything like that um it i i I before I actually came out as well, and I was like, "Huh," and the crowd was receptive of it, but not receptive. Like, it depended on where you were in the US yeah. at the time. It was very odd. That's yeah. a, that, and that's a very strange storyline. And I'm actually really excited to eventually get to that point again because I really want to see that storyline. Because like you think back on like the Eugene storyline, we know this was offensive. We know it was offensive, but the Billy and Chuck, it's like it skirted the line between offensive and actually kind of trying to show some sort of like unity. Like it's really a weird storyline. It's odd, really but it's it's odd in a good way. Yeah, it's it, it, I'm really excited to get there again, especially because I'm a huge Billy Gunn fan, and everything I've seen about Billy Gunn is he's not a bigot. He no. is a very genuinely nice guy. It's, it's a sort of thing. It's a sort of thing which a good worker like Billy Gunn can really pull out. I mean, yeah. if you're good in this business, you can make anything work, and he made it work. Uh, and let's not take it any away from Chuck Palumbo. I've been a Chuck Palumbo fan. WCW, I loved Chuck Palumbo when he came over with the invasion angle. I mm. was everyone. He he was a and the crowd goes mild kind of debut. I was super hyped to see Chuck Palumbo on my TV again. Period. Are you bored, Graham? Here. I think this will be a great Christmas cracker. This is the longest speed check ever. Yeah. Anyways, it's your speed check as well. So, it's mine. Yeah, I, I kept it to ninety seconds. Anyways. You guys to ninety minutes. No, obviously the point is you. We we talk about things so people can comment as well, and we can. No, I'm I'm quite happy if we if we never went off tangents. This will be um, real real quick question, Matt. Do you do you have any inkling towards hip hop music? I. Can actually, I can actually sing the entire John Cena's uh, theme songs. Both so good enough. So, have you ever heard of an artist called MC Frontalot? 
He's a nerd rapper. He raps about eighties video games and stuff. Oh, so I have, but do feel free to inbox me and I'll check out later on. I I just want to say he has a song called, I'm not going to say it just because I don't want us to get hit anywhere, but I heart F word. And it's literally about living in San Francisco and about how he loves all his gay homies. I'd it's l- a really great song. I'll send it to you. I'd love to go to San Francisco one day, but that's another story for another time. I'm going to quickly wrap up from my beat, Graham. Not for a second, but I'm back now. All right, 90 seconds, Matt. Go ahead. Okay. Um, SummerSlam card is looking great. A um, lot of matches that haven't been announced yet about being tipped. We obviously feel really pretty sure we could get Bianca versus Charlotte versus Asuka, which should be a good match. I believe Trish, um, Becky again. Uh, McIntyre, Gunter. Um, yes, please, all of those. Graham's not looking for the Gunter versus McIntyre, but never mind. Um, Raquel Rodriguez versus Rhea Ripley. Um, yes, please, like that idea. Um, couldn't give a damn about Logan Paul Ricochet, but I'm going to talk about it more in Bad Cop. Um, Brian Pillman Jr., as of this past Thursday, was training at the Performance Center after AEW released him. Um, how do you do that? How? Oh, what? Fuck. This mm-hmm. is a great pickup if WWE can get oh, yeah. for sure. Um, because Brian Pillman has a big history of WWE, obviously. And um, last thing I want to quickly talk about is um, well, I'm not going to go too much into it, but CXW have announced their seventh show. It is being held on November the 11th, which is obviously Armistice Day. Um, in a brand new town, Rochford, Essex, near Southend, called Toe to Toe. Um, this event, um, we're gonna have lots of stuff. Check out all the CXW uh, social media feeds for more information. And I'm done. I think I even heard talk of possibility of arranging a bus to uh, you ho- ho- to hold on, hold on. The fact hold that's on. even being raised is important. You did not mention the fact that at SummerSlam, Austin Theory's reign of terror may end to the megastar LA Knight. Yeah. <laughs> not because it's not even being tipped as being a match for some of them. They've been doing it at house shows. Yes, they have, but it may happen on SmackDown for you know because they do have to move some matches. No, to SmackDown. That that is a SummerSlam main event match. If you want to have a main event, you need I a love megastar. LA Knights, so I'm all for it. You would love some LA Knights. <laughs> <laughs> I might be able to give you some info on uh, how shows possibly uh, next week. It's possible. I heard I heard rumors that there's a WWE Fairfax tomorrow night, and tickets are only twenty dollars each right now. You almost said twenty pounds. I saw I that. Did. I've I've been guilty of that I was when I, when we came back and I went shopping. I had Mason with me. I was like, oh look at this, it's like three pounds. He's like, you mean dollars? I've been continually doing. I've I've years. been talking dollars with Chris last few days as well because. Now we're just under 60 days out from when we go to America. I have literally been looking at which restaurant <laughs> to sit down at at Disney World. We're going to Diamond Horseshoe, and it's, uh, I think it's $49, um, which is all you can eat, Thanksgiving feast. And trust me when I say I'll be making most of that. Heck is yeah. that a weekly booking, or is that just for one meal? That's for one meal, Graham. Bloody hell. Uh, All well, you can eat. Weight loss plan's going to be going to pot if you're going to try and maintain your weight at that Graham, point. you would not believe the amount of healthy options at Disney World. There's so many. Yeah, I'm sure you're getting a salad for 49 99 
Graham, it's a Thanksgiving feast. Roasted meats. A Thanksgiving the- feast in September? Thanksgiving feast all day, every day. Why? Graham. Oh, okay. It's Florida. They celebrate, you know, the, the, the butchering of native people there. Graham. All year round. <laughs> Graham, you can either have a Liberty Tree t- Liberty Tree Tavern, which which is very much a um a colonial place, or you can have it at, you can have it in the in a, in a Wildwood saloon. I know what I'd rather have. The other places I'm gonna be eating for sure, but that's our first one we booked. But I was doing it, I'm doing I'm just working in dollars at the moment. So uh forty nine ninety nine plus tip, so that's forty nine ninety nine. Yeah, okay, that's not so bad. Who the hell are you yeah. tipping? You get your own food. Forty nine ninety nine plus tax and gratuity. <sighs> Should we move uh, on to Bad Cop? Yeah. Good! Bad! Oh my gosh. Well, we're an hour and 15 minutes in, and Ryan said this was the longest section, so um, I better let my wife know that I'll be in dinner around 9pm tonight. Alright, Ryan, what's your main Bad Cop moment of the uh, whatever? So I, I've been I've been going back and forth between main Bad Cop, and I, re- I gotta go with this, because honestly, I feel like the people around me are probably sick and tired of me talking about it, because I've been talking about it non-stop. And this is current professional wrestling. Notice, I did not say a company. Current professional wrestling commentary. Big, big, Matthew, big leagues, big televised wrestling commentary. How about that? (laughs) Wow, coming out straight away. So so two things I've noticed. Um, I'm going to start with uh, the cardinal sin that both AEW and WWE do. Um, And this is a heel comes out. And I'm talking a, a vicious heel. You know, I'm talking like someone you're supposed to hate. And the commentators are talking about all of their accolades. And I'm like, what's going on? Um, I miss the days of when your heel comes out. JR screaming, oh, what the hell's he doing here? Oh, we need security. Stuff like that, you know, like we don't commentary doesn't treat heels like heels anymore they don't treat faces like they just promote whatever they need to and it's it's terrible the other made and i'm not just picking on wwe and also commentary in general um kevin patrick he just needs to go away absolutely he is the worst commentator in professional wrestling right now i can't stand him Booker T's right up there. He does. He doesn't even know what's happening. Um, but it, it's just I can't. Him and Graves do not work together. Maybe he works better with someone else. Um, I'm also not a fan of having a heel commentator. I've never really been a fan. Color play by play, like that's how commentary should be. Good, great case in point. Once again, back to WWF '98. The first hour of Raw was Michael Cole and Jr. Color and play by play, and it was awesome. It was so good. Um, the thing that triggered all of this in me was, and this was a, a while ago, uh, actually, I might have a date. Um, let's see. Nope, I don't have a date for it. Anyways, there was a W there was a beatdown happening like one of those not just like there was a brawl at ringside, like it was, you know, four or five dudes ganging up on someone and just kicking the shit out of them, you know, good old fashioned beatdown. Tony Schiavone and Excalibur yeah. were cracking jokes. You mentioned this two episodes ago, yeah. 
and I was so fucking heated. You were so well, mad, and and it just made me start thinking of all of the commentary um, among professional wrestling, and I realized that none of it's really good. I think honestly. I think probably the best commentary team right now is Michael Cole and Wade Barrett, which I never thought I would say. I think that is the most digestible and they're still breaking the rule. I don't like Wade Barrett's heel commentary style very much, but the way they call matches is good. You can't watch AEW and have serious commentary at any point. And I'm a big fan of the Excalibur Taz like bromance. I think it's hysterical, but if something's going down in the ring, you need to react to it. That is your job as a commentator. You play as much of a role in that as the performers in the ring. You are the voice. You are the one who is selling this. Don't be cracking jokes. Don't be lauding the heel on all the amazing things they've done. I'm waiting for them to have Roman come out to booze and Kevin Pat or, you know, whoever be like, man, Roman did some really great work with Make-A-Wish Foundation. It's like, no, he's the heel He's a bad guy. Don't promote him. Be mad that he's doing what he's doing. Show some emotion. And that's why I really dislike uh, Kevin Patrick. He has one mode and it's just, it, it, he he's the, he's the commentary from the WWE games. He's just generic line after generic line. That's all it is. It's boring. It's stupid. I hate it. Um, one quick positive shout out, though. Um, and I'm, I'm always bad with his name, so I'm just going to use his old name. Aiden English and Tom Hannaford for, for Impact. Fantastic team. Really great commentary team. Excited for Slammiversary this weekend. Matthew somebody. It's Lewis. Matt, Matt the Drama King. That's his like Twitter handle. Aiden, Aiden English's name on yeah. Matt. It's his real name. Yeah, I, it I is. Think. I it, just like Tom Hannaford was was Tom Phillips. Look, it's like Matthew McConaughey, but it's not obviously it's not McConaughey. I just can't remember what it is. It's a long name-ish. It's a longish name. All right, mm. all right, all right, all right. Miguel Cully. Graham. Anyways, there you go. I will I will I will just I know Graham hasn't had a chance because he's been traveling the whole of United Kingdom. Um, right, have you had a chance to check out some of Smash It? Yeah, because I want to like, I want your feedback on my commentary style because I tend to try and be very much, like you said, reacting to what's happening, to, like hating on the heels as they come out sort of thing, getting the good guys over because that is my job. I'm going to tell you, but you need to let me finish because it's going to sound bad. I have not noticed, which means you're doing a good job because it's standing out in the way that it's part of the show. It's not standing out in a negative or positive way. It's part of it. Exactly. So I, I couldn't tell you anything in specific, and that's the best thing about it. No, but that's, that's exactly what it be. It's not going to be about me. Literally, my walker said it best. Don't tell people what to think. Just explain what you're seeing. Yeah. And that's actually uh, one of those weird Vince rules that I think is really important, where Vince told the commentators, uh, this has been a long running rule, they can only react on what's on the monitor, not what they can see from their desk. They react to what's on the monitor and that's it. They're not supposed to look anywhere else. And I think that's really smart because, you know, we're seeing what's on their monitor. So we're reacting. They're saying they're well, reacting to what we're seeing. What's your opinion on what since Triple H took over then? Because 
you, you now often see the camera looking up at Michael Cole reacting to what's in front of him. He's typically reacting after it happens, though. So, um, so uh, what was it? Uh, J-, J pinning Roman. He was looking at the common uh, the the monitor, and then when it happened, that's when he stood up, stared at the ring, and started jumping up and down. Well, I remember him doing it with Sami Zayn kicking out the one D WrestleMania, for example. Yeah, I remember uh, Maro used to do the same thing back in when Triple H was running XC. Um, I think that Triple H is trying to edge him away from that sort of thing. And- He's definitely, I've heard, I don't remember where, and I can't really confirm this information. I just remember hearing it yeah. that Michael Cole said something along the lines of, it's really nice not to be screamed at in my headset for the entire show. Yeah, he said that about a week after Triple H took over. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I, the, it was funny because it was actually just last week that I saw um, a, a quote from Michael Cole where he pretty much admitted that at WrestleMania 31, um, right before Sting was making his entrance, he was pretty much told to bury anyone WCW related as much as he could, which is so fucking stupid. You just spent all this money to bring in Sting, literally the icon of WCW. Literally the reason a lot of people were at that mania was to see Sting wrestle a, a WWE match against Triple H of all people. Um, which Sting should have won that match. I will die on that hill, but I, I get it. <coughs> um, I can only imagine the relief that Michael Cole had when Triple H sat down in that chair in Gorilla. I, I can only imagine him just walking into Gorilla, seeing Triple H and just going, it's over. Oh, God. And then walking to the <laughs> ring with a smile on his face. Yeah, absolutely. And let's not forget he's got Regal next to him now in Gorilla as well. Uh, oh yeah, and Regal's like the the professional of professionals. Yeah, the you greatest man to be a world champion for sure. Five months he could be back on TV, right? He's only he, five he, months left. He's also a man's man, just so everyone remembers. He's a real, a real man's man. Speak of real men, Graham. What's your back comment of the week? Ooh. Um, not wrestling related at all. Um, I don't think I've talked about. It. I've tried to keep, keep this off air as much as possible so I can talk about it. I'm aware. Um, of Air Lingus is my main bad oh, because I told yeah. you what um yeah, Air Lingus is my main bad cop moment. So um flights to the UK were prohibitively expensive this year. So much to the point that I almost had to tell my mother, look, I don't think we can come. Like it's crazy. Because it, we normally fly direct. We've only ever flown direct to, to London. And we were looking at like thirteen hundred dollars a ticket. And I was like, I, I can't and that's do this. I was- Heathrow, I believe. <laughs> Heathrow Airport. It, it was. That's normally where I go into. Um, I ended up looking at like, should I fly into Luton? Should I fly into Gatwick? Should I go via Iceland? Uh, Stop making up words. Finally, I decided on uh, Aer Lingus. I managed to get eight. I think it's about eight hundred a ticket, something like that. Oof. We had to change in Dublin. Um, there was an hour and a half uh, chain a uh, gap, and then you went on to London. So it wasn't that much longer. And for me, being a tall person, sitting on the airplanes is definitely a bad cop moment. Anyway, my legs are killing. So I actually thought splitting the journey up actually might be a good thing for me. Anyway, um, arrived in Dulles Airport. This is that's in DC. Oh, Matt, you know where Dulles is because you, you obviously flew in there. I well. have done, Graham, and they, it was a, it's a very, very nice terminal. 
<laughs> and um, yeah, so straight away when we got there, immediately announced hour and a half delay. So we got there three hours before, like you're supposed to go through. All and then we now have another hour and a half delay. So I'm like, well, this is awesome because now we're probably going to miss our connection. Anyway, as they often do, they managed to make up some of that time. And uh, we got there and was like, this is going to be really close. And we kind of had to hustle through. Um, very strangely, we, um, well, I thought it was very strangely, we went through customs in Ireland rather than in... Um, than in London, because being part of the UK. So we got through, and um, yeah, it, nobody was there. Normally you have to wait for ages to get through uh, immigration, that. Literally, we're up and we're out. So we made that connecting flight, so I'm like, alright, it'll all work out fine, we didn't have to sit around for ages or anything like this. And um, as soon as we got onto the got onto the plane, sat down, they announced, sorry, there's been a bit of a delay, we just missed our spot, we're now going to be sitting on the tarmac for an extra hour and a half. So Air Lingus already, in our minds, is not the greatest organisation. Uh, we got to London a little bit later than normal, more, but it's like okay it's only like an hour i'm tired but w whatever and um, got off and uh, they lost my wife's bag and nobody was there to offer any help at all the guy's just like yeah i don't know mate <laughs> like because he's not part of Aer Lingus. he's like yeah i don't know mate uh went to the Aer Lingus terminal um to the to the help desk or whatever not one single person was there we couldn't ask anybody any questions so in the end we just had to leave the airport and it's like whatever luckily my wife had packed most of her stuff in a carry-on and she only had a, like a few little she had like a few clothes in a bag but not much so we had to get some clothes the first day but anyway so Aer Lingus not particularly a positive experience anyway and then on the return journey so every part of this journey so far there's been delayed delay so not a big surprise when we finally decided to return Tuesday morning Oh, another delay. So anyway, we got sort out that delay, got across to Dublin, and we had a very narrow window this time. We only had, I think it was about 30 minutes to make our connecting flight. But unbeknownst to us, you have to go through American customs in, in Ireland to get onto the plane. It was like, what? This makes no sense. Because it wouldn't even tell us where we were checking in. It says you have to go through US security first. So we, we were like, all right, let's go and do this. We joined the line. Matt, I have never seen a line as long as this. But it was obvious to anyone who's not even good at math that there was no way we were getting through this line in half an hour. And sure enough, we didn't. And it was about an hour and 10 minutes, I think it was. But we also realized every other person was also not going to make their plane. So obviously, they're just going to hold the plane up. And with their Lingus's history of being delayed, fine, we'll probably get on in time. And everyone's stressed out. Everyone's upset. Nobody knew this was happening. Like, why didn't you tell us we needed to get here three hours early? We could have changed our flight, blah, blah. Anyway. Everybody there's like, no, don't worry, you're good. They're holding the planes. We promise you we'll make it. You'll make it. No problem. Blah, 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 blah. Got round, got through. And uh, we saw one flight to Chicago had already been delayed like an hour and a half. So we're like, if they do that for our flight, we're good. We can get through in two hours. Anyway, we were 35 minutes past when it was supposed to depart. And got up there, and just as we looked on the things, it said our gate was closed. Now, if you know anything about flights, once it says gate closed, you're done. You can't get on it. They're not letting you in. But we was short. It was like a minute's walk. So we walked up there, and the lady said, yep, yeah, um, they decided not to wait anymore. They took all your bags off the plane. Um, you just have to do something tomorrow. No real help. No real, this is what you have to do. It's just like, yeah, you got to get your bags again, and then you'll have to do it all tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. Now, me, I was kind of happy about this. I really wanted to stop in Dublin. And I'd actually looked at trying to fly into Dublin, have a day in Dublin, fly on to the US the following day. But the prices were prohibitive. Again, it was an extra, don't know how many hundred dollars it was, but I was like, not doing it. So anyway, 
I'm hoping this has all worked out well. What we did have to do was we had to get our bags again, which took way too long, took like an hour and a half. Uh, we got a taxi. We went to the Aer Lingus desk and they said, oh yeah, we all it's all good. Here you go. Here's a form. You can go to the hotel. Went to the hotel, realizing everyone else from America is probably in a similar position and they're probably not going to have hotel rooms. Sure enough, got to the hotel, no hotel rooms at all. They shipped us to another hotel, which was only about a mile outside Dublin. So that was kind of cool. Really nice hotel, great food. We could walk into Dublin in the evening. And then in the morning, we went back. This time, we got there three hours early to make sure we could make the flight. Went through all that American crap easily this time. We had to sit for about two and a half hours. The good part of this, Matt, is, or what I'm hoping is going to be the good part of this, is with this happening in the EU, there is a very clear set of guidelines of what happens if you don't make a flight and it's the fault of the airline. Any flight that's over three and a half thousand kilometers, which definitely is for, it's about three and a half thousand miles, so this is easy, each person is supposed to get about 600 euros, which I believe, if Mason's math is good, is about $700 a person. Four people were on this flight from my family. I might be getting $2,800 back and free stay in Dublin with free meals in the evening and for breakfast. And if we do get any of that money, I think that there might be an event going on in Philadelphia in April next year that the boys might like to attend and there'll be some free money for it. So possible bad cop moment turned into a good cop moment. Please tell me you knew that WrestleMania was in Philadelphia next year because you're looking that's, puzzled. Right? That's why I've scowled. Oh, you were scowling I, at that? I was... This entire story, I was waiting for Graham to say, yeah, then I grabbed the, the security agent and I choke slammed him through the table. <laughs> no, I say, Graham, the reason, what, the reason why you had a problem in the first place is because you were in the EU, Graham. Uh-huh. The yeah. EU sucks. That's why we left it. <laughs> I'm joking, of course. I voted your main. Um, but... Um, yeah, the reason why you got to go to security there, Graham, is because the EU is different to the UK. Obviously. I guess so, but it was still... But nobody knew about this. Nowhere, no, Everything else, it says, make sure you get there three hours early. Nowhere did it say that this is going to happen and you need to allow three hours for your really? team. Why you would you... So nobody knew about... But anyway, the lines were horrendous. But anyway, for me, I think it'll work out just fine. But I've got to find the paperwork and fill it all out. Graham, so, Graham, so, you're, so you're saying this wasn't a bad cop moment. You're lying to so us I'm this entire time. I'm saying all the waiting. If you have five flights and every single one of them is delayed, I said my bad cop moment was Aer Lingus. And Aer Lingus is definitely my bad cop moment. But if I can get most of my money back from what I spent on flights, because that was a hell of a lot of money, it makes this holiday seem a lot cheaper than what it first seemed. So I'm hoping it'll turn that around. And I got to walk around Dublin, which I really wanted to do. Love Dublin. Wish I could have stayed a little bit longer than the 12 hours I was there. But hey, it was a free part of our holiday. So that's... Okay. That's- Okay, I we, I don't wish to slide on someone who could actually probably break my ankle now if he took part in a double top double tap challenge. But why are you relying on Mason's math when you're a math teacher? Um, we were talking with all the other families because um, we were like, hey, if we got strength in numbers, we can do this better. We should change. We should trade phone numbers with each other, and then when we're putting our claims in, if there's any issues, we can talk to each other and say, hey, look, I got this. They're trying to do this, whatever. And um, one of the other families, they were fluent on their phones. They'd already looked at research or the policies, so they found out what the number was. And I guess Mason was just curious what 600 euros was. I already kind of knew what 600 euros was anyway. I knew it was around the same. It, the exchange rate's like 1.1 or something. So I knew it was basically the same amount, but. I say I'm not going to rip on someone who is now taller than me and could actually probably 
out wrestle me. So I'm not actually going to uh, rib on my Mason too much and that side of things. But but, but imagine I'll tell you I, a I, funny story about my youngest though. So okay, when it was mentioned yeah. the fact that we would get like six hundred dollars, uh, six hundred dollars back, um, Jackson came to me. He's like, "Well, if we do get that, he's like, I probably won't keep all of that for myself." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because you're getting the six hundred dollars, <laughs> but uh, with his cheek though, I did cut him a deal. I said, "You have been inconvenienced as well. If we do get that money back, I will give you ten percent of what it was." Because I was like, "You're not getting all of it." Because you that's pay sixty for- bucks. So it, I said six, and their eyes lit up. So they're kind of excited to get sixty bucks. Sixty bucks for kids is a lot of money. Yeah, but go. yeah, I'd like to point out that um, obviously he was traveling with Mason, who is fifteen now. Yes. Yeah. Jackson, who is nine, Mason, you know, put a, put, put a pair of headphones on or whatever, like, and just like, like well, not, not yeah, ideally. Uh, he was fine. Yeah, but, but the same thing. Jackson's nine, and I know firsthand nine year olds do not like sitting still for that period of time. Bad enough on the plane itself, let alone when I had to deal with this sort of crap. Oh, yeah, it was very convenient for him. So, um, yeah, so, so we do get back, we'll be reinvested into future travel. I get Ryan, just for your interest as well, uh, my youngest has expressed a desire to go to Fenway Park. So there might be a trip up to the uh, northeast at some point, possibly, if we can arrange that. I'm sorry, I checked out. Are we still talking about an airplane? <laughs> All right, Matt, what's your main bad cop moment? Um, I'm going to adjust my pants now. Okay. Um, I, I've got... A- I'm trying to trying to decide if I should. If I should, if I should you just had forty five minutes to decide. I'm trying to decide whether or not I should, whether or not I should just spend the whole of of rest of the just shitting on Logan Paul or not. So, um, so I'm going to yeah. Okay, Ricochet with Logan Paul. Okay, Logan Paul appeared on Monday Night Raw this past week to have a face to face with Ricochet, and he's like, like I want uh, Ricochet wants to go viral. I'm like, right, my dude. At the exact same time, whilst you were mocking suicide victims in Japan, he was already going viral. Okay? Logan Paul, you are an incredibly talented, athletic person with all the potential in the world to be an amazing wrestler. You are the biggest waste of blood, organs, and the epitome of the advert for safe sex. Done. Hold on, was that your speed check or was that your main moment? Main backup moment. You've never been knowing in a fucking company. Damn it. The one time I I already mentioned I don't have any devil's advocates. So I was like, you can waffle for 10 minutes and come up with all of them. Yeah, <laughs> screw devil's advocates because I got plenty of more bad stuff to talk about. What's that, Vigro? Well, you got ninety seconds to talk about it, so I'm used yeah, to. Yeah, I, I wanted to get that rant out myself. Month myself. and a half, nearly. Yeah, and and, 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 and Matt, you're 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 hundred percent correct. And like, I get it. You know, this is not the first time that WWE has used a, a celebrity to try to get themselves over. And guess what? It won't be the last time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really, really agitating that he keeps shutting up the naysayers with actually being good at stuff. <laughs> Because it's not about his athletic abilities. It's about the fact that he's an actual piece of shit. No, no. I'll go one stage further. He is a complete and utter narcissistic twat. Oh, Matt, thank you. You just helped me with a devil's advocate. 
Yes, something about twats. That was me. That was me. Literally abbreviating it. Yes, take the first out of each one of those words, guys. That's what he is. Twatter. Uh, Ryan, what is your speed check for bad cop, then, sir? Oh God. <clears throat> we'll give it a leeway. Go. Um, I am over people singing Seth's theme song, um, specifically for the fact that on the June 12th episode of Raw, it could have been an amazing promo between Finn and Seth about everything that happened years before, and it was ruined by a shitty crowd. Um, Charlotte returned immediately just to be given a title shot. I like Charlotte, but honestly, she does not need a championship anymore. Um, I'm really fucking over it. I hope Asuka beats both her and Bianca and gets the NXT run that she had. Um, we already went over TV commentary. I could probably do that for a while. Um, oh, Sting's ladder dive on the June 28th episode of Dynamite. Um, it wasn't good. And he's also in his 60s. Maybe don't let a 60-year-old jump off a ladder like that and smash his face into a table. Just saying people are in charge. Maybe don't let the wrestlers do whatever they want. Now, that's actually both a good and a bad cop moment, the new outlines that AEW is putting in place. You know, good because it will keep people safer. Bad because it's kind of taking away what makes AEW special. That they were a little more pro. I don't give a shit about your timer, Graham. I told you this is going to be a long one, so you can just stop now. Um, uh, uh, bad cop as well actually does involve um Logan Paul. Logan Paul almost killing himself at Money in the Bank, not because he almost killed himself, it's because he's untrained oh. and green in the ring, and he shouldn't have been doing a taking a Spanish fly off the top rope. Um, he's just not good enough to be doing that. He's not on Ricochet's level. Just saying middle rope, not top rope. But never mind. Well, it was supposed to be the top rope, but Logan couldn't get himself in position because he sucks at it. Maybe. Um, Maybe. Anyways. Um, oh, God, what else do we have? And I am going to take a moment for this bad cop to talk about the current uh, situation going on with both the Writers Guild and Screen Actors Guild on strike. Now, they are completely in the right. The bad cop moment is the piece of shit that run Hollywood who think that lining their pockets is more important than paying their writers actually a livable wage and actually thinking that they can have the audacity to say, we'll pay you for one day work so we can scan you and use you as an AI created background character for eternity because we now own your likeness instead of paying extras a real wage to actually show up and act, you know, their jobs, the way they make money. Mm. They want protection against against AI and stuff, which is understandable. Well, I also really enjoyed that Bob Iger, uh, CEO of Disney, said that uh, this is what the actors and the writers are asking for is unreasonable. He said this from a billionaire summit where all of the members showed up on their own private jets. Uh, People who were there include the likes of Mark Zuckerberg and whatnot. Um, So, Bob Iger, I know you're listening. I know you're a big fan. Fuck off and die. I hate you. Well, the, 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 thought, the thoughts of Ryan Nishan did not do not reflect the entire cast of Good Cop Bad Cop the same podcast. I was getting yeah, well, flashbacks to an old Good Cop moment, uh, a Good I, Cop, I, Cop episode, Matt, where I then followed up with, "Let's have a word from our sponsors." I can't remember who you were trashing, but I trashed you know, TJP. You know what? 
um y'all want good tv shows y'all want good movies um pay the people who create those because the shithead executives aren't making movies uh they also don't have their fingers on the pulse because they really don't know what people want they cancel the good stuff and remake bad stuff i'm, I'm not being i will just say i will just say ryan before greg goes into his speed check it's not disney exactly that to blame for this it's the people who is representing all these companies they need to have their fucking asses kicked, not the company necessarily. Oh, the the people who work for the company, like you, you misunderstand. The people who create for Disney are some of the best in the world. Yeah. The 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 fact that you know Kevin Feige and gang have been able to release consistently good Marvel movies for over ten years is yeah, tell them that good. Tell them that good. You, you you're not hearing me. The I people am. in charge, though, Bob Iger, needs to be ousted from Disney because all he's doing is creating a hostile work environment for those. He's only just coming to the on... company. Give him a chance. He's returning to the company. Yeah, to fix the problem. But last guy that last he guy? created before. <laughs> Who was the last guy before Iger? Who yeah, was the yeah. guy before Bob Iger? Graham, we're doing a special episode uh, next week that's just me explaining why Bob Iger sucks. <laughs> Michael Eisner, yes, prick. Michael Eisner sucked too. Most people use Siri. Matt uses Chris. But to be fair, <laughs> Disney, Disney nerd, he's there. I mean, he, you know, he, he knows who to talk to for the, you know, if I need to learn about maths, I will call Graham. Be like, hey, I Graham, did. Tell, tell me about maths. <laughs> I did. I pull up my math thanks to Graham. You know, uh, if, if if I want to know about cooking soup with a mallet, I'm going to call Matt. <laughs> Graham, <laughs> when you can compose yourself, would you like to give your bad cop speed check, please? Oh, thanks for feeding that one in there. Oh, my that's God. Going, that's going in the cracker list. I was going to say, there's your Christmas cracker. <laughs> Making soup with a mallet is just awesome. Um... I'm going to start, well, since you've said screw the 90 seconds, well, I'm going to screw the 90 seconds as well. Um, one of the good things I really liked in England was a show that I don't think is in the US. So We're on bad. Apologies, you're not going to know this what This is I'm bad, talking. not good. <laughs> uh, the show called Gogglebox, which is literally just people watching TV and then just filming their reactions to what happens on TV. So in honor of that, um, I'm going to introduce the element, but I'm actually going to let you guys talk about my bad cop moment. Uh, assuming you watch the video. Matt, I think you have, because I think, and I'm hoping I included Ryan on this, or else this will be really embarrassing, because you won't have a clue what I'm talking about. Um, this was a link that I saw that said, Undertaker steps in to save wife from shark in shocking video. So, in Gogglebass fashion, as you've just watched the video, go ahead and talk about it. No. I mean, it was it was a video of Undertaker standing there staring at a shark. <laughs> it was so, uh, a couple of things misleading in the headline. Then, if that's not least because Graham, and I'm gonna, I'm literally going to quote from the. It, it wasn't not Graham's fault at all, but when he gave us the link, mm, that um, was the funniest part. Um, <laughs> it said the WWE legend almost had to pull out his blank, and I'm like, wow, they went with that. But that's just given me the picture of Undertaker sitting there with his hands on his hips, staring at a shark, <laughs> whipping out his dong piece and going, hey, look at this shark. And then don't forget, Michelle McCool, she could probably take care of a shark herself. Oh. No, she's pretty tough. 
Well, it certainly won't. It wasn't shocking the video at all. It no, was just somebody a... at an aquarium, pretty much, and he didn't step in to save his wife because she was in no danger at all. She <laughs> literally said that she called him over to be like, "Check this shit out." <laughs> yeah. Um, it says in the clip, the shark believed to be a nurse shark, which is harmless to humans. This yeah. is. A can be seen swimming around in the clear waters while 58-year-old Calloway, dressed in all black, of course, stands in the water watching over it. And then, of course, as sharks do, it disappeared and she almost like, oh, look, look at the effect that he had and made a shark. The whole thing Dogs was... Dogs of humans! I fell for clickbait, but it was... I was like, oh my god, I was dying watching that clip because it was uh, nowhere near represented in that headline, but it was clearly a bad cop moment. And it's now, way obviously, time. Graham... I'm. I'm. I don't know if Ryan's seen the royal family. It's a. Um. It's a. Um. It might have made Americans. I'm not quite sure, but that is basically what happens in Gogglebox. Ryan, the royal family is a sitcom with um a family from Manchester, a working class family, just sitting around watching TV and having a conversation. So much so, when Gogglebox actually started, they actually had the woman from that show doing the voiceover for it, Carolina Hearn. Um, until she died, and then Craig Cash, who's also on, who's her husband on the show, took over the voiceover. So basically, the royal family does a commentary for it. I'm still more amused by the fact that it's called Gobblebox. Gogglebox, so then like Gogglebox. Yeah. Okay, because because like you said, Gobblebox. And then um, to and translate then, to the English fans, that's like Gobble Fanny. I believe oh. is the, the term that you use. And just and to the junior version called Goggle, Goggle Sprogs. Oh. And there's also Celebrity Goggle Box, which has which I've got to admit, has got some in the UK big names on it sometimes. Particularly the son of Martin Kemp, who is rather easy on the eyes. Um, I just don't quite mention the fact that Gogglebox is my new favorite show right now. So it's uh, also on YouTube. Good as well. Gogglebox is it on? Is it on Britbox? Yeah, I'm not sure. I watched yeah. it every. It was on every I, night when I was. I, there. I've, I've been. I've been. Uh, I've been considering signing up for Britbox um, because I want to go back and watch the old Doctor Who's that I watched on PBS back in the day. They're all on there, pretty much. They because. Um, I know they lost a lot of them because BBC didn't want to archive anything. It's, well, back in the 60s, they had that issue, but I'm not going to talk about that now because it's not time for it, but check out Doctor Who pod with Cy and Dan, best place for that sort of stuff, Doctor Who related. Right, I'm going to try and steamroll a right, through. You, by... your, your, you got 10 minutes. Go. I don't need to, I don't need quite that long, Graham. I'm fine for that side of things. That's main bad cop moment is the fact that uh, he wears pants now so you can't see his hog. Shut up. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start with Triple H having a walk back to WrestleMania in London announcement in the press conference. Um, John Cena maybe jumped before it had been confirmed on doing that live at Money in the Bank. Uh, that was that was funny. What you had to walk it back. Um, the Creed brothers not being called up to the main roster after all, despite losing Ludley's NXT match. Um, they were on NXT this week with masks on. So they're going to be on XC still. Inquistadores. Indeed. Um, Twitter for, for telling me to subscribe to Ryback and get access to his exclusive content. Fuck off. Literally, fuck off, Twitter. I have no interest 
in going anywhere near that piece of shit. I he share a first name. He blocked. How long have you recommended to subscribe to him? Seriously. Um, I share a first name with him, and I was really happy when he legally changed his name to Ryback because we no longer share a first name. And the last thing I want to talk about is Bad Cop on the following being banned in AEW. Unprotected chair drops to the head, chair drops to the back of the head, buckle bombs, blind moves that are facing that backwards into a turnbuckle, fencing responses, seizure cells, spitting, bleeding in the crowd, weapons or projectiles in the crowd, taking drinks or food from guests in the crowd, physical contact with the crowd, and don't throw objects with blood into the crowd. Why is this on my bad cop list? Why was this not banned from the fucking start? Huh? Well, you well, can't give high fives to fans? Pun? No, 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 not saying that. No. Not saying that. No. They're saying don't fiz- like don't knock someone's hat off their head or any like the shit yeah. MJF was doing. Okay. But hold on, hold on. Matt, I do wanna I do want to rebuttal on this real quick because I agree with you. Bring it. I 100 percent do. There there are definitely some of these things that they shouldn't have been doing in the first place. Um, what I don't agree with is kind of the other list where it's the things that need approval. Um, most mm. of them should have approval. If you're putting someone through the commentary table, the commentators should know about it. Yes, so absolutely. someone doesn't get hurt. Um, now, uh, there, there's a couple of points I want to, I want to, because I actually am really glad you brought this up because this was initially going to be my uh, bad cop moment because um, I really wanted to talk about it. So, excuse me um blind moves like totally understand you know it's how seth was injured i'm sorry finn was injured it's how um sting was injured a lot of people do get injured on those and i completely agree with it um some of the stuff that they do have in there like uh not being allowed to wrestle outside the ring without approval i think is a little much um and not not being able to sell injuries I think is really stupid because that's been a part of professional wrestling for a hundred years. You know, you, you call a leg and you know, ah, my knee, the referee doesn't necessarily need to know about it because the referee can go, are you okay? You'd be like, yeah, I'm selling. And they're like, Oh, okay. And it's over. It's done with. That's the point of the referee is to make sure it's not a real injury. That's why they squeeze the fingers and stuff like that. It's really simple to do. Now, the one thing I do want to talk about, and you both know, I've talked about this before unprotected chair shots absolutely 100% should never ever happen in modern professional wrestling but I do not understand if they try to ban protected headshots if you're protecting yourself 90% of that impact is going to your hand and your forearm not your head it's it, it, it boggles my mind, especially because I think we actually talked about this on the last episode. Maybe one before that, maybe it was one of my 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 guests from earlier in the year that there is a huge, you know, when Cody did it, it was a problem because it was cool to hate on Cody. But when they did it at Blood and Guts last year, it was OK. So what, what's your point when Jungle Boy did it a couple months ago? on dynamite it was okay when is it a problem when is it not it shouldn't ever be a problem a protected chair shot from a talent who is ready to take a chair shot and who said yes i would like to take a chair shot please that is a perfectly acceptable move 
unprotected though i am really kind of happy that they have said no no gimmick no gimmicks chairs no nothing no unprotected chair shots once again to go back for the eighth time this episode i'm watching wwf from 98 right now there are a lot of unprotected chair shots to the head and now there's nothing there's nothing i was giggling about a chair shot vince took the other day my girlfriend was kind of like what the fuck is wrong with you? And I was like, there's nothing I can do for their brains at this point. This was 25 years ago. I can enjoy this all the fuck I want because we don't see this anymore. And honestly, I like it. I'm sick. I know, but I love the sound it makes. and It's brutal. I'm glad we don't do it anymore. But if I'm watching back then, fuck yeah, bring on the chair shots as hard as like, you can. Plays a lot about Chris Benoit, put it that way. Um, Chris Benoit movie. was a fucked up dude. Mm. Take Anyways. a drink every time there's a chair shot. Uh, just uh, what was it? Royal Rumble ninety eight. No, no, I'm not talking about that one. Uh, I want to say ninety seven, ninety eight, somewhere mm. around there. It was it, the match opened up with Terry Funk and Mick Foley, and they literally just trade chair shots back and forth for like five yeah. minutes, and it's amazing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I know you've mentioned many times about the amount of shots that that photo took from rock in that um i quit oh match. yeah that that was uncomfortable that that's that's one of the few where i'm just like oh yeah. and even yeah. he knows mm. like that I was mean, a bad idea <laughs> i mean even graham has seen clips from that match undoubtedly at some point or another via twitch or twitch not twitch not twitch i mean twitter and things like that in the past when great when been shared by ron on me they're they're not even they're not gen they're not like when hogan went bonk <laughs> to Conan, amazing. When, literally, like when Hogan had the worst chair shot in history, literally for the best. What was swinging that bet like Derek Jeter? Jeter. Yeah, pronunciation not my thing. But yeah, so reason why, reason why that's on my bad cop list is because that stuff should all have been that stuff's on the band list. The like no bleeding in the crowd. That's a fair comment. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Fair like, comment. It, you know, I it, it just it worries me that we don't really know the full extent of how this list is being implemented, because one of the things they said is like we have the list of things that are banned outright, but yeah. we have another list where you need to get things approved. And the, yeah. the, the thing if if taking the banned list and the approved list means if you have a thrown together match and you just have to go out there and go and you mm-hmm. don't have time to, quote unquote, clear this with your coaches this is going to be more watered down than anything WWE has ever done. If you can't have a good match in five minutes, you don't deserve to be in the ring. Graham, what's up? Um, I know you, as a, as a chef, you'd never let me get any cooking mistakes wrong. So as a baseball fan, I can't let you get you away with this. That's fine. Uh, Derek Jeter was known more as a, a singles hitter. So if you were trying to show somebody who was a power hitter, you'd want somebody more like a, a home run hitter, like a Barry Bonds or something. I apologize. So who's who's, who's, who's the guy that, that took all the steroids other than Bond? Uh, uh Mark McGuire, yeah. yeah. Uh I liked Robin, him. Jackie Robinson. Uh, Hulk Hogan. Oh wait, no. <laughs> um no, but it's 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 it, it, Matt, it's not about having a quality match. It's being potentially penalized by your your own the the owner of your company, your boss essentially for taking the match outside the ring into the padded area. Yeah. <laughs> like no, that's, that's stupid. That's, a li- that's maybe we've gone a bit too far that way perhaps. But the ones that have been banned, I'm on full and board of all of those things. The reason, the fact, the fact that yeah, they had to ban selling a seizure. 
really? Yeah, I, I've never liked seizure cells in general, but they're also banning the uh, what were they, they? They were banning the the quote unquote like knockout punch. What, what Flair would do, taking a couple steps and falling over. That's stupid. Why are you banning that? That's not a. Mm. It's it's a classic wrestling yeah. cell. Absolutely. Um, but uh, one, the famous one of Triple H. Um, oh, the, at, at the house show or the dark match. It was the dark, with uh, Shawn Michaels trying to blow him to knock him over. One of the yeah, most classic moments what? in professional wrestling. Graham, you have to see this. It is one of the funniest fucking things that anyone in professional wrestling has ever done. Period. Two minutes. Triple H is wobbling because he. No, he hold on. The- After we get off the air, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna screen share the video. No, fuck you. Indeed. Anyways, great bad cop. I think we've done a bad cop, though, Graham. We've done for bad cop, yeah. Good. Bad. God, I've got to change this up a bit now. How I do this? Sisters, brothers, and non-binary others. Welcome to episode two hundred and forty of the Good Cop, Bad Cop Wrestling Podcast Devil's Advocate Round. This is all myself and Graham and Ryan will be throwing devil's advocates at each other. Uh, for 20 seconds, we must defend a ridiculous statement as if it is the truth. And there, who has a problem with what we're saying, take out with our DADA, Michael Pellegrini at Dying Format. So, with that being said, um, Ryan, you are the newest member to the team, so you have a prerogative of what you do first. Yeah, I literally didn't prepare anything. We just talked about this. Um, here's a devil's advocate for you. Uh, who for? I don't know. Uh, Grogu. People can't see the fact that Grogu's in the shot, but... It's almost the same as the Jackson as well, which is an amazing thing as well. Your timing... We haven't... I haven't haven't asked the question. Um, I'm just going to say the greatest commentary team of all time would be made up of Jerry the King Lawler and Kevin Patrick, and it is to Graham. Oh shit! I wasn't listening because I was pointing at Matt. I was like, "Like Matt, you're going to do this." I was focused. Oh, do it! Happy, happy, do it! Yeah, Kevin Patrick and Jerry King Lawler are the perfect team to have. Let's face it: Jerry King Lawler is very good color commentator. Sure, he talks about about puppies all the time, but we like seeing that on TV. Bring it back a bit more, Kevin Patrick. He's boring. He's monotone. That means you can focus more on Jerry Lawler's over-the-top sexism. It's great. I remember not really liking the King when I was a kid and watching it now as an adult. He is an atrocious commentator. He's one of the worst I've ever seen. He's awful, but I'm I'm assuming he sucked Vince's dick, maybe Um, something. I don't know the reason he had a job for so long. Um, Jerry the King Lawler should have hung up the boots when he stopped wrestling and just moved on. At this point, I need to make sure Michael Pellegrini actually listens to his show. We may need legal counsel for that one. <laughs> I did say allegedly. I don't know if it made the cut or not. Yeah. Um, do you want to give one to Ryan then? Absolutely. Ryan, do you want a wrestling one or a non-wrestling one? Wrestling, please. Okay. Matt Tremont is a highly overrated uh, wrestler and nothing more than a, than a fire-slapping stuntman. Not only... Is he just a stuntman? He is the greatest stuntman that has ever existed. This man can put his body through so much, through the amazing brutality that he puts it through. So much so where he's had to retire three or four times, and he keeps coming back. 
time. I might have to listen to what you said, Matt, but I don't think that was the opposite of what you said. I might have to listen to that on the repeat on Sunday. I said he's highly overrated and nothing more than a thigh-slapping stuntman. And I used the stuntman for my advantage. <laughs> Indeed. To be fair, he has, to be fair, wrestlers are stuntmen in general, but yeah, I keep mm. seeing this guy on, on Facebook who keeps on saying indie marks just always here like, slapping their thighs, and I'm like, Fuck you, you cunt. They've been doing that since the 60s. Well, are we bleeping the C word now? Or no, we... I try to avoid it, but that really pissed me off. I keep seeing that pop up on from him. I'm like... Your nephew still listen to the show? <laughs> I have a nephew? I've got a couple. <laughs> Hope not. Hope not on that kind it, of thing. It's not off so polite because he said, like, my nephew listened to the I'm like, if they still listen, they've definitely had one heck of an They've episode. heard worse, I'm sure, unfortunately. <laughs> Is there worse? I'm not quite sure. Graham, your choice. Um, I, I got one for you. Um, I'll, I'll go wrestling first. We get a bit, a bit of a softball for this one. Um, and you'll have to allow me a little leniency on the number because I don't know the exact number, but I okay. think it's about right. Okay. Uh, there sh- well, perhaps I'll throw approximately in there. There should be approximately another 20 year wait for the next WWE premium live event in England. You're absolutely right, Gary. It was exactly 20 years between the two, between two premium live events. And I think it should go one step further, Graham. Why not 40 years this time, Graham? Get, get all the marks super, super hungry for more and more and more. That's right. And to piss off more, hold it in Scotland next time. That will really piss English off. Oh, that, that's the way to do it. That, that was brilliant. Yeah, I like it. Fully <laughs> embraced it. That's the way to go. Proud of you for that one, Matt. That was good. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Okay. Um, now, I'm more than happy to throw one at you again, Ryan, if you want. Non-wrestling. Sure. Yeah. Well, I'm just thinking you haven't prepared nothing. I'm trying to help him out. Uh, no, good point. Good point. Yeah. So, Ryan, a non-wrestling one for you. Um, you walked into this one on your Twitter, and it's a, it's a good cop, bad cop wrestling podcast staple. Pineapple does not belong on a pizza. I mean, there's really no reason to put pineapple on a pizza because there are so many other options. There's so many better options. I mean, bacon, pepperoni, uh, mushrooms, um, you know, human flesh. Like, there's so many toppings I could have on my pizza. Yeah, there's really no need for pineapples. <laughs> human flesh. Graham, you mentioned this week, well, we mentioned on Twitter recently ish that pineapple belongs on a pizza. I had to go like a long way on his Twitter feed because it's just lots of reposting and retweeting. Like, something he actually wrote, something he wrote. There, bang, pineapple on pizza. That's a fucking staple of his show. I do love pineapple on pizza. Does not belong anywhere near fucking pizza. There was a few things that came up while I was on holiday. Like, I saw something about sandwiches. I saw something about toast. I saw pineapple on pizza. There was a few good cop, bad cop staples that kind of came up. But let me throw one at you, Graham. Hold on. Is this the first cannibal reference on Good Cop, Bad Cop? I'm just wondering. At least at least for five episodes, anyway, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Graham, do you want one from me? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, do you want wrestling or non-wrestling? I'm assuming you got both, so let's go with wrestling first. Okay. Okay, defend this. Jay Uso winning the championship would mean more than Cody winning it. 
Well, absolutely. Cody's expected to win it. Um, obviously, obviously, he talked about the history, completing the story, all those things. He was expected to win it. It was taken away from him on the understanding he'll get it later and it'll mean even more. But no, for Jay, Jay Uso, it would mean far more because he's really considered just a tag team wrestler at this point. So if he could get a singles win, that would be far bigger story for him than Cody Rhodes. I don't know if I quite answered it. I got waffled. I yeah, you did. It perfectly. Yeah, I think I got it. Do you okay. believe it? Wait, we're having waffles? Yeah, I do, actually. It felt like a bit of a softball, actually. Ah. Yeah, a little bit. Graham, actually, I got, I got a question. Graham, are you familiar with the phrase waffle stomper? I am not, no. Okay, so... so that, that's stomper. not like a porn film, Ryan. No, 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 no. Waffle stomper. So, so sometimes, and, and let's all be honest, we're all humans, sometimes you pee in the shower while you're taking a shower. No. You know, it, it saves water. <laughs> a waffle stomper... I think I is, could already guess. ...is when you take a number two, and then you just kind of <laughs> shove it down the drain. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That was a heck of a segue right there. You all, I'm, I'm just going to say, don't Google Blue Waffle, okay? <laughs> right. Graham, do Google Blue Waffle. Don't. Uh, I don't need to. I'm already familiar with that. I was about to make the same comment, but I was... It's um, a pretty phrase. Actually, I never asked you, what uh, what political party... You seem like a lemon party kind of guy, Graham. Me? Yeah. You're talking about in America politics? Yeah. Or... yeah. Search, search up lemon party and let me know if that kind of fits in with your... <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna guess that's a no. <laughs> All right, Ryan. I it's, got it's, it's, it's old man porn. <laughs> okay, like old, uh, like geriatric. How did we get onto this? Jesus Christ! <laughs> I'm trying to get back to a devil's advocate. I got a wrestling one for you, Ryan. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my, my ringtone on my phone is the same as Seth Rollins's theme tune. I, you know, the funny thing is, I couldn't tell you what the ringtone on my phone is because it's been silent for two years. Um, I assume it probably is, but since I got it two years ago, it's probably his old theme song. So it's probably the old Burn It Down, uh, which is a great tune. Um, really fantastic. I don't think we've ever had two people doing talking at the same time while we've done a Devil's Advocate. Matt, I like that little uh, accompaniment you did there. That was perfect. I, I like genuinely I don't know what my ringtone is, though. I'm gonna look right now. I'm gonna hold on, hold on, guys. Hold on, Change this is it. important. This is important. Might not pick it up, man. Might. I don't even know how to uh, sound to vibration ringtone. You would have had to pay a lot of money to get something. Default, bitches. <laughs> That's not very obnoxious. Nope, uh, it's on silent all the time. So my ringtone, which is always on silent, by the way, because it needs to be at work. Uh, my ringtone is actually the primary communicator song. So um Nice. That's a good one. Beep, 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 beep. That's it. Yeah, that's simple. Um, right. Graham, I'm going to give you um your non wrestling one. Okay. Okay. Barbecue parfait. Yes, please. Absolutely. Who doesn't like barbecue? Now I'm back in America. I'm back to meat and eating things that are total junk. So what goes better than that? When you think of parfait, though, you normally think of something healthy. This is the exact opposite. Who wants something healthy when you can have just meat? You can have gravy in there. I don't know what else is in there. Probably some pulled pork or something, some mashed potatoes. Absolutely. Food is supposed to, food is supposed to be fun, after all. You didn't. You were hating on this on Twitter, Graham. And everyone's telling you an idiot. So defend us, please. I just did. So, so are you? No, no, I'm being defended. I'm not liking it. I I am guilty of not reading the full thing, 
And I saw the part about the, uh, but I looked at the picture and only read the first part. And I actually thought it was a literal parfait with barbecue. On so it. barbecue <laughs> pork and yogurt, essentially. Yes, exactly. That's yeah, what that I would thought. be a little gross. Yeah. I mean, I would have thought like that. I'm like, that can't be right. If it's that, and I'm absolutely on board with you, Graham, but it was barbecue. It was, no, it was good. I, it, I was, it, it was essentially a barbecue version of like the KFC, like famous yeah. bowl. Yeah, I, I'm guilty. I'd have devoured that. You can get that Disney World. It's fantastic. Yeah, no, I'm guilty of not reading things thoroughly, which I'm, I do Indeed. frequently. And once I saw all the comments back, I was like, ah, shit, no, this is perfectly normal. But I wasn't, I was doubling down at that point. So, yeah, well, do you, and do you fair. This is a good reason for everyone to go out and try some great barbecue this weekend because it's always good. All right, Matt, your um your devil's advocate I could have done on the good cop, bad cop with a K, possibly, if that was still going. Um, nothing reinforces my support of LGBTQ rights than signing for a Saudi Arabia football club. I'm of course talking about Jordan Henderson. I'm fully aware you're talking about Jordan Henderson, the Liverpool captain, Graham, who has been linked, of course, with a transfer to Saudi Arabia, of course, for allegedly £700,000 a week, Graham. However, he hasn't confirmed that he's he's going. The club hasn't confirmed that he's going. But despite that, if he does go, at least want to see him take his legs with him. Where am I at there? See what happens. Uh, You dodged it for like 18 seconds, just repeating what the story was rather than defending. If he goes... if. It'd be worse when Mason Mount signed for Manchester United. The Chelsea are these burning. It's soccer. What? Yeah. Soccer. Huh? What I don't understand is why they're what? not looking to pay any transfer fee. Do you know how long the proposed contract is? It's at least two years, right? Mm-hmm. Like he could offer to take a hundred thousand off each year, and still that would be worth ten million. He could easily make that deal happen. How are they prepared to pay? If it's a three-year contract, it was like a hundred and five million for a three-year contract. But you're not prepared to pay any transfer fee. Like, surely, why don't depends, you say, okay. Graham? It all depends on what on which one you listen to. Some news outlets say that they're prepared to pay whatever Liverpool ask them to pay as well. Uh, they're only asking twenty million, apparently, which it sounds about right. To be fair, we paid for him about 50, 13 years ago, exactly. so it's fine. Exactly. But he's also getting to the point where he's not going to play very much. Klopp, Klopp's agreed to it. Klopp, well, apparently Klopp said, I'm okay with it. Hey, well, I don't want to talk soccer anymore. Yeah, we'll talk, right. t- tune into the volley on SGP World Media on the, 12th of, um, on the 12th of August, and we'll talk all about it then, Graham. There we go. Uh, Ryan, I got... Um, I don't know what order we're doing, so I don't care. I'm going to keep going. Ryan, I got um, a, a non-wrestling devil's advocate for you. And uh, I hope it's not about that weird game you keep talking about. <laughs> it's not. It's not. But... Uh, you will understand this one, hopefully. Um, the best part of a full English breakfast is baked beans. You see, you're asking me like a whole devil's advocate problem. I love baked beans. I really do. I grew up with baked beans. My grandma used to make homemade baked beans all the time fantastic delicious I, I, I this isn't even a negative i maybe it's not the best but it's probably pretty close i don't know i love baked beans oh my gosh i, I thought that was like a universal thing in america that people do not like baked beans with breakfast and like um, the bean juice running into the food and mixing uh, with- like I and mean, we didn't we didn't typically have it for breakfast um it was typically a, a lunch or a dinner thing uh-huh. but 
man i love baked beans i oh. love like you get that on the plate and that bean juice kind of gets in with the meat it gets in with the potatoes or whatever you're eating it's oh it's so good i really do genuinely love baked beans i probably I fucking hate the them person to do this with because you're from be near bean town so i perhaps i got the wrong i was gonna add into it actually black pudding but i wasn't sure if you were familiar with that i don't even know what I black pudding say, is yeah. it's congealed pig's blood or blood oh, yeah, no. pudding. I knew you know what blood pudding was, but yeah, know. no, I, I I don't I don't deal with blood. Um, when I was in Germany, people kept trying to get me to eat blood sausages, and I was like, I tried it, and I was like, now nah, I'm good. Like, not my thing. I should have gone with that because of all the blood in AEW. I'm gonna start eating blood pudding on a regular basis. I could have gone with something. Oh well, oh well, I missed the wrong one. I made wonder... beans on a fucking scourge of the earth. I wonder oh, if, I if, the, if so. I gave the devil's advocate to the wrong person. You really did, yeah. <laughs> wow, I'm kind of shocked by that. Now, from a British perspective, baked beans are completely normal for breakfast, which is why I thought it was a uh, that most people wouldn't understand the hatred to it. From um, perspective, I so. got an official warning at work for refusing to cook baked beans one morning. <laughs> now come that story. That's a dumb funny. reason to get fired. That's brilliant. <laughs> Alleged, well, they said they, they, they threatened me with one if I didn't actually put the beans out there because all the builders wanted them. I'm like, no. You you do realize that you're only the cook, right? You don't have to eat the stuff. You, you're preparing food for the patient. You are aware that breakfast is fucking finished. <laughs> and I was like, lunch is being cooked. Fuck off. <laughs> if you want breakfast, come back tomorrow at half past eight. Right now, I'm cooking a fucking roast. You talked to your boss worse than Austin talked to Mr. McMahon 20 years ago. Oh hell yeah. I can have that I can have that sort of conversation with my team leader. I can have I've got that back and forth. To be fair, he gives it as he gets, to be fair. And and his Liverpool fans are doing better. Oh, okay. Um, I'm out of devil's advocates. I've given them. Oh, I'm I'm well, let, let's talk real quick about the, the most amazing breakfast, which is the bubble and squeak, which is yes. the Irish breakfast. Oh yes. so good. Yes. Yes, and then you gotta make sure you get your cabbage in there. Oh my god. I that's 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 an American thing that I get a lot, you know, like a lot of Americans don't like cabbage. I uh, growing up, obviously I'm pretty Irish. Um if you've ever seen the color of my beard. Well, I um, like you. And uh every year for St. Patty's Day, my mom would have to make corned beef and cabbage. For my dad and I, and she hates cabbage, but we refused to eat it if she didn't put cabbage in there. I've got a real bad feeling that the corned beef that you have is nowhere near the sort of corned beef they actually have in us. <laughs> it's very different sort of corned beef they have there. I mean, it's it's so when we buy our corned beef, otherwise, it comes with uh, the prepackaged seasoning. So it's it's according to my relatives who have been to Ireland, it's pretty close, but not exact. There's slightly different seasonings, but it's pretty close to to the corned beef that they're eating. I just realized I missed out on the obvious devil's advocate if I'd have actually given it some thought ahead of time. Because I commented when I was in Dublin, I think I took a picture of the Guinness logo because that's just kind of iconic. And you yeah. mentioned the fact that you're not really that into Guinness. That that nope. could have been. Obvious, I, I, I I don't like dark beers in general. I love. Well, it's not a picture, <laughs> but never mind. Whatever. I mean, if I'm gonna drink an Irish, I'm gonna go Killian's. I like red. Like, it's just. I, I mean, honestly, for beers, I, I do like. I. It sucks because in America, it's been become a hipster douche trend for your hoppy IPA style ales, and 
I really like them, but the bars that serve them are full of douchey hipsters. So that sucks. This segment is going to go so go down so well with uh, Rob and Dan. This is just for you guys. We're going to get cancelled by, by Rob and Dan at some point, I'm sure. Dan's going to hate me first of all, isn't he? Uh, right, fan club members, guys? Good! Bad! So, do you want me to just start? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, why not? <clears throat> okay, what you got, Ryan? So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna start from the top. Yep. Mr. Dan Griffin, uh, you know, great fan of the show. Uh, at Dan Griffin 21, his good cop moment is this Saturday is chock full of great wrestling with the G1 kicking off in the morning UK time. Uh, attending North's biggest ever show in the evening, an Impact Slam anniversary at night. Agreed. All the way around, I will not be up for the G1, though, because I am a tired boy, but Slammiversary, I'm all there. Bad cop moment, I agree, a month without GCBC. Truly an issue, but the best cop moment, I'm sorry, the best cop moment is having GCBC back. We're back, baby. I would like to make a a bit behind the scenes. Graham actually gave me a bollocking because... You could have you could have been doing a show for like the last few weeks or like, bitch, I've been busy. Could have been oh, rolling that dice have you like haven't played for weeks? Could oh, have been Matt. for my exams. Matt, 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 best cop moment. I think I found a new group. I what think we're gonna start. Group? We'll talk um, about it. We'll talk about it. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> okay. I- now, what I was going to say is, you, because I originally thought that introducing Ryan into that, I was like, well, you guys can keep the show ticking over during the summer, which is just fine. And then you said, I have to prepare for a podcast that's not even coming out for six weeks. And I was like, oh, come on. That's like a pretty, I was like, fine if you want to take time off. I got no problems with that. But that was a pretty lame excuse, I thought. But hey. I've been, I've, I'm prepping for it. Prepping doesn't, doesn't mean doing anything yet. Gentlemen, gentlemen, gentlemen. I'm reading soccer on a daily basis as well. This, this time is not about you. This time is about our fans. This, These this are is fan true. moments. This is true. Graham, what's next? Um, well, obviously, it's not in the same order because I did not have Dan Griffin at the top of mine. Um, um, I see Cherry Jerry, which is kind of embedded, so I want to make sure we don't miss this one. Yes. Uh, hashtag best cop moment, Art of War Wrestling, finally reunited last weekend at ToyCon. Uh, worst cop moment, I injured my hip last weekend at ToyCon. And fan cop moment, Brian Pillman's AEW contract expired, as you alluded to earlier, Matt. Um, get well soon, I guess, uh, Cherry and Jerry. Hope that hip's uh, healing up as we speak right now. Yeah, sending a lot of love to you, buddy. Sending a lot of love to you. Okay, we are going to go to we're going to chat crap on cheap pops. I'm guessing this is JB doing the doing it on this side of things. Uh, Best cop, money in the bank. They were there, of course. Worst cop, one PW. Why is that? Do we know why? I do not. I was gonna. I was hoping you guys knew. Ryan, do you know why one PW being a bad cop? Nope, not sure. Okay, give us more information, Jack, Gravity Hit Pop, because I have not a clue why I've been off the ball on this one. I apologize. WTF Cop moment. Graham not swinging past Stevenage on his UK jaunt. You have already alleged that already, Graham. Uh, plus, you didn't want to have to explain Chris's analogy to a nine year old, and I don't blame him for that at all. Um, soon, Cop, looking for the triumph of sausage map promised us. That's not a, that's not an, an, uh, that's not a euphemism either. I'm trying really hard not to laugh. <laughs> what I, um, I told him if he come, they come to CXW, you'll whatever thing, whatever you'll big give thing, him that sausage. Is you get you get sausage at CXW, 
and we're a new town, there's no reason why not experience it. And there's a lot of exciting stuff coming that I know about that no one else does yet. What Dick Ryan? I'm I'm sorry, I, I need to I need to make a, a fan cop correction. Okay. Uh Dan Griffin had actually posted an additional underneath uh a bonus underneath his initial post, and I missed it and I apologize. Uh bonus good cop moment, Lash LaRue coming back to wrestling with GCW. That's exciting. I did not know about that, and I'm a big Lash Lurie fan. So and thank then, you for letting me know. And this guy replying to a worst cop moment, he'll be appearing regularly and is a pain in the ass. Apparently. That is true. I think I've made that perfectly clear over the last six hours. <laughs> right? Uh, not right. Okay. <laughs> Um, just a good cop moment. Oh, sorry, a best cop moment from uh, Queen of the Indies, Tiffany. Uh, Nick Wayne makes his AEW debut. I had a feeling that that might be Tiffany's one. Uh, two excellent interviews if you go back into the archives. And uh, thanks for Tiffany for shouting us out as well. Um, I saw Chris Van Vliet asked for which podcast should you be listening to more of. Please don't mention your own. And Tiffany was very good in giving us a shout out. As was, I want to say, Pig's Bladders. Oh, I'm hoping I'm going to get them mixed up. But we had a couple of people who shouted us out. Thank you for doing that that's always appreciated we do love you guys so much thank you very much indeed i'm gonna head across to i'm gonna start with uh well my, one of tom's many ones he he he's worse than me graham in terms of matt podcast he now has and yeah. matt of different accounts he has ring of honor revelry i'm going to use a moment to work a podcast to show the stickers i have my, in my possession courtesy of graham via graham's mother um, although I've got to admit, I, as well. I've got to admit, I can't really read the note. Oh, so, she even sent that as well. I wasn't sure if she'd just open it, put it in a new envelope, and pass it on. I wasn't sure what she would do, so I wasn't yeah, sure. Yeah. So Tom, Tom sent me a note, but the pen ran out halfway through three of the words. I'm not quite sure what the last bit says, but thank you very much for the amazing stickers, Tom. I will be putting one of them on my MacBook. Um, regarding me, one of every, of course. Uh, Ring of Honor Revelry Cop moment. What the fuck? Um, Champa and Cutie Marta had a TV match of a year contender on this week's Ring of Honor TV episode. Back up with Champa Elgin had match of a year at BITW. Um, thankful cop moment. Honor do some bonus content with Irish Misfits, JCB, Azar, and Kyle Sparks. Thank you to you all. Brian, what you got next, buddy? I am going to go with our good friend Rob. Yeah. Because Rob. Yeah. who doesn't love Rob? At He's been Rob. untanking the territory for years. Good cop moment. Megan Morant donating kidney. I don't know who that is, but it sounds like a good I thing to do. I'm sorry? I don't know who that is either. Well, you're supposed to. <clears throat> See, w- WTF cop moment uh, for those listening. WTF stands for what the fuck. Um, the Brian Last, Jim Coronet, Matt Hardy argument. I agree. This was a bunch of children fucking whipping their dicks out and screaming at each other. It was very stupid. Metaphor. Uh, don't worry. I know. Bad cop moment. Not enough time to play AEW Fight Forever. Now available 
on PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and the Xbox Series S, as well as PC and Switch. Check it out if you're a wrestling game enthusiast. It is a great game. Gentlemen, I think you both know I am a wrestling game collector, and I, of course, have a copy on my shelf. I would say for the benefit of legal of legal side of things, other better wrestling games are available. Um, it's true. Everyone, look out for Wrestle Quest by Mad Cat Studios. That looks fantastic. It does. It's not even a wrestling game. It's a turn based RPG. But that is my jam. It's my two favorite things: turn based RPG and wrestling. The hard on, gentlemen. The hard on. It is hard. Graham, I got just in time. Two on one. Best cop Nick Wayne's AEW debut, worst cop WWE overexposing Judgment Day, and unsure cop moment Raymond Reigns taking his first pinfall loss in three and a half years to Jay Uso. Yeah, I think I think we might have touched on that possibly it's, for about an hour. The middle it, hour, I think we could. I that think that it's um, I think that it'll be a good moment, but we'll get to find out in time, won't we? Mm -hmm. uh, I am going to um, go up to BFR and PSP JCB. Um, the people of champion himself. Good cop moment, the G1 climax, and the Princess Cup tournament start this weekend. Love me a tournament or two in this case. Bad cop moment, Bronson Reed saved me again. Did it before with nothing gained for Reed. Book a bit inconsistent. Time to use Reed better. Absolutely. Why have they got to feel the need to put someone from NXT as the, the muscle for Miz all the time? Because there's nothing else to do with the Miz. Well, they want to use them because they're paying him. Too fair, he's pretty good. Graham's laughing his ass off. What's wrong? No, I'm just looking. I was scrolling through just to see what was left, and I just came across five nerds go uh, comment, which does oh, not. I don't. No, think, I think I had it on my phone and couldn't really see it properly. Why don't Why don't you Why don't you shush? Because it's my turn next, and guess which one I'm choosing. Ask me a fucking question, so I got to <laughs> respond to him. Sorry, I can't answer right now because it's Brian's turn. So. The best one of the week, in my opinion, uh, our friends at Five Nerds Go, who for once did not post a picture of a penis, which is amazing <laughs> on their end. Um, I actually don't really remember who runs the account, but honestly, it's 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 going to be a shit show one way or the other. <laughs> Bad cop, seeing the way my manager cuts up cake with a video of someone absolutely butchering the cake, <laughs> and I really love the diameter. I really, really hope that this is an actual video of the way his manager cuts up cake, because I, too, would stab this person and then run, because that is not the way you cut cake. Okay. Uh, first, okay. First gets totally screwed. If you're at a halfway point, then you're you're golden, but... I would like to say, Ryan, having just said that, you'd say you stab him and run. First of all, I'd say, like, um, one could argue this is showing a dick. One could argue... Uh, it's true and um, the other thing is like I could um, stab the person burn the body loudly proclaim in the street that I'd done it and no jury would convict me for it and at least <laughs> if you stabbed him he'd have a knife and actually be able to cut a cake properly <laughs> let's watch yeah. the video again That's not, is, that's is that actually man. a knife or, uh, it, it might be just like a piece of metal they found I don't, that's definitely not a man. Look at the sleeve on that arm. That's definitely hey, not. hey, hey, hey. Well, I'm, not, hey. I'm assuming, but hey, yeah, you are assuming. All right, this is an I mean, inclusive that, place. That is well, a red velvet cake with four layers. You can fuck off. 
You did exactly the same thing. You said him, so you can not. Uh, you can't have it both ways. Uh, high five! Tom. I can't have it both ways. Good cop moment, Ibushi. Great cop moment, G One about to a boat. Oh, sorry, about about a to boot? start. My text messages about to ramp up. Uh, thank you, cop moment. Graham and his mom mailing on ROH Revelry stickers and hashtag extremely grateful cop moment to Irish Misfit, uh, Irish Misfit and at Brainbuster Boys Brett for our mental health record. Unfortunately, I've been way behind. I've not really been listening to podcasts at all. Not surprising while I traveled. I did see it come into my inbox. Um, I, my inbox is so full, I had to delete a lot of stuff. So I've not really been doing podcasts these last few weeks, unfortunately. But yeah, always a good time to shout that message out. Right, I now have the last one, which is the Midwest Wrestling Roundup podcast. MWR Good Cop Moments. My favorite promotion, AAW Pro, is back this month after some BS last month. Can't wait to see Trent, Zuberi, and crew. Um, MWR Great Cop Moments, the MWR Pod, and Vision Law Media, of which we are a member of, of course. And if you're listening to us right now, are now lifetime sponsors for ICW Milwaukee. And I immortalize the rad curtain for every show. That is fantastic. That is a great cop moment. Yes, well done, to- well done, Tom. For all the- I have to say, Tom, you do so much work behind the scenes, uh, plugging all the shows on the network. You are nothing short of amazing. Um, big props, big props from all of us. We wish you a lot of magnificence. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What I'm interested in is, Matt, we obviously have catchphrases as we end the show, and we have not discussed this ahead of time. I have a feeling that you might have to probably bleep out Ryan's uh, catchphrase, but I don't know. I'm kind of interested to know how the end of the show is going to go. Yeah. I'm, I usually don't stick around till the end. <laughs> I'm usually I'm, I'm usually already out of here, and you guys It'll are be doing the, the door stuff. slamming shut. Um, well, so, well, yeah. fair, last week, fair, last time, we had a Ryan had finished because you because you couldn't keep an intellectual together, Graham. It's true. I had to go help a kid. I think I had to pick a kid up from school, if I remember correctly. You mean gave up on you twice throughout the episode as well, remember? Oh, was that it? Yeah, but yeah. I. Yeah. Anyway, we'll be back, guys, next week. We're out of here. Boom. Uh, at- don't forget to follow at Podfather Mags, and all as always, do your fucking research. Music was Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. HTTP colon slash slash creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by slash 3.0 slash.